It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey. Hello? Hey. Hi, is this Mike? Yeah. Hi, Mike. Um, my name's uh, Frank. Um, first time caller. Um, a friend of mine's a big fan of, the, of your show and stuff, and I'm, I'm, I find myself I'm in a, a bit of a bit of a pickle as far as. Um, the government goes. So I was wondering maybe you could help me. Um, my Basically, my story is I've been living in the city that I've been living in for the last 14 years, and I've always paid my 
property taxes except for the last two years because I just haven't had the money to pay it. And so now I've got a notice from um, the city that I live in saying that if I don't pay it, they're going to sell my property at auction um, unless I pay my the property taxes that I owe. So I'm wondering, can they do that? Like, can the government actually do that? Just come and take, like, the, the amount that I owe as, as opposed to what the property is worth um, doesn't really make any sense, right? So I'm wondering, you know, what do, what can I do as, um, you know, as a citizen? Is it, is it your first notice that they send you? Um no, they actually phoned and just left a message on my on my cell phone saying that if I didn't pay it by the 25th of this, this month, that it was going to go to auction on the 28th. So nobody wrote you a letter or notice or anything? Well, they gave me a notice, like um, just like a bill, right, a statement of outstanding taxes. And, and it said, it says, you know, properties that with delinquent taxes will be sold for taxes on September 28th, 2015th. Please call for further information. So the first thing they actually sent you in in writing was telling you that if you don't pay it, they're selling. Yeah, so that was that was first. on July 14th. You know what? It's the thing is, is that it's not that I don't want to pay my property taxes. I do, but I just I just don't have the money, and I didn't think that it would um, it would come to the point where they would say. Okay, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna um, confiscate your property if you don't pay these, and I I don't understand how they can do that, right? For such a minimal okay. amount. So over the last two years, you got nothing at all from them in writing, no bills, no notices, no letters, nothing. No, and the, then, the, like I said, the, the bill that I got saying that was on um, what is it here, July July fourteenth of this year. Okay, I keep trying to ask the same question different ways, and you're not answering it. Okay, what's the, what's the question? How, how many things did you get from them in writing altogether? Everything. Like including, well, I've got, I get um, my property taxes. Everything they sent you in writing. Everything. When you say writing, like, do you mean like a letter? Like on paper. Yeah, well, it's, they've sent me my property bill taxes on paper, right? So I've always, I get them, you know, every year, right? I got one in 2014 saying that I owed them, um, you know, $1,500, and then I got another one in 2015 saying I owed them 3300 because I didn't pay my last ones, right? So I've got – they've sent me bills, but these are bills. These aren't letters saying that um, if I don't pay – they're going to confiscate my property. Um, asking you questions is really difficult. Like, I don't know how to get an answer out of you. What, what do you want to know? I don't understand. Okay, well, you made it sound like they didn't communicate with you at all. They just sent you some extortion letter. And then you said that they left a message. And I keep trying to find out what they've given you on paper, why they just give you some kind of extortion right off the bat. 
And then I keep finding out there's paper here, there's paper there, there's phone calls, there's bills. There's yeah, there's uh, bills. I knew I got bills, but I, like I said, when when I got the bills from the city of, of, of where I live. You know what? You know what? Instead of just rambling on about all kinds of stuff just confusing me, okay. when I ask a, a simple question, I all I need is a simple answer. Okay. Just answer the question that I'm asking. Okay. Okay, so every year you get one bill from them. Yeah. And you haven't responded, you just ignored them completely. Yes. And then you got one notice from them saying that if you don't pay by September whenever, then they're going to sell it? Yes. And there was no other letters or notices, just that one? Just the bills and the one notice? Yes, just the one notice, yep. Okay, how long ago did you get that notice? Um, I got that on July 14th. And you have till when to pay the bill? Till the 25th, which is this Friday. Um... Do you know who is sent who sent you the letter or the notice? Yeah, just it's just the city. There's no name attached to it. Um, if I'm up Shit Creek, you can just tell me I'm up Shit Creek, right? Because no, it's just kind of a pain when it's the last minute like this. Like, yeah, I know. I understand that, right? Like, it's not that I can always um, go and get the money to pay this bill off, but, it's, but I would have to go to family to do it, and it's something I really don't want to do, right? But my, yeah. my thing is that I don't understand how um, a municipality can just come in and take your property um, because you owe the money in property tax. Well, whether they have the legal right or the lawful right to do it is kind of another story. The, the important thing is that they're going to do it, and they're going to do it soon, unless they do something. Right. Uh, so I haven't called them yet. I was thinking about calling them, but my friend told me that I, should, I shouldn't call them right away until I you know, speak to somebody else about it, right? Everything should be done in writing, but it should have been done a lot sooner than now. Now, writing. So, is it, am I too late then? To... No, it's just um, you're, you're going to have to act fast. But the problem is, you have no idea who to write to. Like, you don't have a man or woman's name. You can't just send them. Up. No, I don't. Um, so, like, how how do I go about? Um, getting a man or woman's name, right? Can I phone them and ask them, or do I have to submit it in writing? Um, you probably could phone them just because you don't have a whole lot of time to write. You're going to have to... Uh, so the, the... Whoever sent you that notice is the mailing address... Is their mailing address different from where yes, you're there's from? a mailing address, yeah. Sorry, what was that? Yes, there is a mailing address. Is 
is their mailing address different than the address you're supposed to send the payments to? No, it's the same. Good night. Yeah, I'm wondering if you should maybe phone and see if you can find a name of somebody to write to. Um, yeah, it's the same as last minute. You should be doing it in, in writing, but... Um, who's it who's say to send the payment to? Pardon me? Who does it say to send the payment to? Um, to the municipality. And the letter came from that same address? Have you looked at the website, like looked around on the internet to see if you can find any information about where the letter came from? No, I haven't done that. But they do have a website. I actually went on that website to see. Um, I also know that if I don't pay it, um, I still have 90 days before... And there's also um, something about a redemption clause in there that where you can ask for redemption and they give you like an, a year's extension on it or something like that. Yeah, that's really But I haven't really looked into, like I haven't spoken to anybody there about it, right? Well, I'm thinking you probably shouldn't say too much, but you should probably do something to stall get more time who's and that's what i want right like i know like i understand that you know i'm i'm uh, where i live I'm, I'm living beyond my means and i just can't afford to um, keep this place anymore and, and i'd like to sell it to get that my equity out of it but at the same time i don't want to lose it just because i owe a few thousand dollars in um, property taxes right well who's who's selling the property and where are they selling it at well, I actually looked online to see if there was something like that, and I couldn't find anything. But they're saying that it'll be sold for taxes on uh, September 28th, right? But it doesn't say where, or when, or or anything like that, right? I could always call them and ask them, right? And the, the thing is, too, is that if I call them and ask them for help, I'm asking basically the people that are trying to um, take my property from me for help, right? And I don't want to do that. That doesn't seem right, right? Why would you ask the person that's yeah. actually trying to do you harm for, for help? Well, the thing is, what doesn't make sense to me, though, is you're saying, oh, well, I shouldn't be asking them for help, and you're saying that yeah. they can't do this, and yeah. you're saying that I don't want to have to go and borrow money from family, and yeah. you're going you're gonna to lose it, all of it. It's all going to be gone. They're going to take it. You're worried about, I don't want to borrow money. You're, losing so. You're going to have to do something in a hurry. Like if you can't pay the whole, you know, the whole amount, you should have been offering payments or something. Like all this stuff that you could do that you don't want to do, you're going to have to seriously think about doing it, whether you want to or not. You're going to have to save the property. Because they will take it and sell it 
if you're just sitting back doing nothing. The way they're looking at it is you just don't care. They're going to have all this evidence. Oh, we sent them all these bills. He's not responding. He's not paying them. We sent them a notice. He just sat around, did nothing. We sold the property. He didn't say anything. So by not doing anything at all, you're agreeing to everything they're doing. Okay. So you're going to have to... I don't know what exactly is the best option. There's probably several options you could do at the same time, but you're going to have to do something. I just left it too long, right? Yeah, you're going to have to find out who's who you're supposed to be writing to, who's selling the house, where. Uh, find out who you can offer payments to, or but. When you're on the phone talking to these people, don't tell them too much. Don't say, I know I know by law you have to do this, and that you don't say, I have this right and that right. And don't tell them what you're going to do and what you've been thinking. Don't tell them that you're going to pull a bunch of stunts on them. Just right. make it like you're going to try and you're going to make some kind of payments. You're trying to borrow money to make the whole payment. You're sorry you waited so long. Sorry you waited so long or whatever, but you're trying to pay. So you think so I should call them? Then? Well, even, see, the thing is, even if they say, oh, yeah, just come on down tomorrow with a check, doesn't mean they're going to do it. They just could have been bullshitting you on the phone. So even if you do call them, and if they say, yeah, no problem, we'll give you 90 days to make the payment, you're still going to have to write a letter saying, uh, during our telephone conversation on whatever date, uh, you agreed to give me 90 days to come up with a payment, blah, 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 and just make sure that the important stuff that happened in your telephone conversation is on paper. Because then, if she wants to, if she wants to lie or back out of it, now she's gonna have to put on paper. Oh well, that's not what I said. She's probably not gonna do that. So that's why it's important. One of the reasons it's important to get everything on paper, whether it's in your favor or against you, you want to make sure it's on paper. On such and such a date, she said this. Sorry, I'm second you're up Have a great day. Thanks. Thanks. I would, uh, thanks, Mike. I, would, um, I definitely wouldn't let them uh, let them know that you've been studying law or you've been talking to somebody and you got some crazy plan up your sleeve. Right. Don't yeah. No, no, I won't say anything like that. Yeah, just don't tip them off that you're going to be a troublemaker for them. So just... Uh, Make it like you're you're gonna make payments the best you can. You're trying to borrow money to pay it all if you can, but whatever. Just I wouldn't say too much. Like don't uh, when you're talking don't, to um, them, don't 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 ramble on about how what happened, why you don't have the money. Don't ramble on about the situation that your family and friends are in, like none of that crap, just keep it very short. 
going to make payments, trying to borrow money to pay it all. I don't know if I can or not yet. Who do I talk to about this? Blah, blah, blah. And, and just try to get a, try to get a name. Yeah. Just stay right on point. I'm trying to make payments, trying to pay the whole thing up all at once. If I can, I just need to know who I got to write to. Like I got to stop this sale from going on, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But keep it very, very short. Don't go explaining yourself, making excuses, giving all kinds of details. Just very short to the point. And if you, if you start having a hard time, don't lose your temper. Just be very polite, whatever, and write her a letter. You got to start getting names. Okay. And I would, and if you if you are record, or if you are uh, calling them, I would record the whole conversation. Don't tell them you're recording. Certainly, don't tell them you're recording for court. But no matter what goes on after the conversation, you can go back and listen to it. You can take whatever notes on your own time while relaxed or whatever. That way, you don't have to take notes while you're on the phone, right? password, make sure you're recording, you go back, take your notes off the recording, listen to it later if you forget something. Okay. Okay, well, thanks. Um, give me some good insight, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll, give a call. I'll give them a call tomorrow and see see what happens, right? There's a few options you can do, but um, you're going to have to act fast and find out you're going to have to catch up, find out what's going on, and figure out how to stop it. Right. But uh, Gus has his call on Wednesday. Sorry, who does? Gus. He has a talk show call on Wednesday night. Yeah. So he can maybe, uh, maybe find out a few things and then get on Gus's call. Okay. Once you have, a, once you have a, an idea who you're supposed to write to or whatever. Think about the options. Are you on Skype? No, I'm not. Um, if you don't have one, I would make a Skype account and go in some of the Skype rooms. Okay. There's a property tax room and there's a the foreclosure eviction room and a whole bunch of other whole bunch of other Skype rooms. People uh, trying to learn law. All right. Well, thanks again, Mike. Um, thanks for your help and for your for your advice. Um, yeah, I'll let you know goes.
Mike. Hey, how's it going? Going good, going good. What you been up to? Uh, not a whole lot, really. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, downtown, so there's going to be a lot of traffic noise. Oh, yeah? Come back from work? No. No, I'm on my no. way to Bud. Oh, cool. Just trucking along. <laughs> I don't know if it was uh, trucking or commercial term. Yeah, I guess so. I'd like to figure out how to just remain a man and uh, tell them, hey, this is a private contract. That would be a good thing to learn. Because this whole industry is all contract up to the nuts. Yeah, I obviously don't recommend it for everybody and not all the time, but uh, I think it'd be funny to just say to a cop, uh, I don't answer questions without my attorney present. When he says something, yeah. like, who's, when he says something like, who's your attorney? Just say, didn't I just tell you I don't answer questions until my attorney's present? So how soon exactly. can you get me? Didn't I just tell you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh, you hand them the the license. Yeah, this belongs to the government. Is this you? Uh, it belongs to the government. <laughs> I don't have a driver's license, but this came to my mailbox. <laughs> yeah, true enough. Yeah, it sure did. Yeah, do I look black and white? <laughs> How's Carl doing? Sorry, what's that? Is it how's Carl doing? I don't know. I have no idea. I heard he might have had a call on Saturday, but I don't think he did. I didn't see any. No, I can't. I know uh, I was hoping Carl was going to get on Gus's call there and give us all a good laugh. Like uh, Gus was... uh, he was in tears when uh, he got on his call. He couldn't stop laughing. Is that right at the start of Gus's call? Pardon? Is that at the start of Gus's call, do you mean? Uh, well, Gus was, uh, he started his call, we were all talking, and then Gus got on, and, uh, he was talking to Carl at that time, and he's saying, uh, he couldn't stop laughing, he was having a good time, a good conversation with him. 
Is it that woman called Rhonda who invited Carl down to uh, some place? Missouri, yeah. Yeah. Any news on uh, on those videos or? I think she disappeared off the face of the earth. I think she's been on a couple calls. I think she was on. I don't know if it was Gus's last call or if it was his call the time before that. But oh, maybe it was on Angela's call. I don't know. I've heard her a couple times on calls recently. I don't know if anyone's ever asked her about the video though. Right. Right. We were on Angela's call last week. Hey, Mike, I got a question. Yeah? Uh, this is H1. Um, there's some chatter on the uh, on Skype about the process. You you uh, you posted a real quick, you know, file a claim, put in notices, rules of court, send summons, what else? Oh, have summons served, blah, blah, blah. And some people are talking about it. One of the big things coming up is like rules of court. Can you give me an example of a time where you would file a rules of court and what they would be? Well, I think um, I I don't know. See, I've I've never uh, I've never written and filed a claim, so I don't know. I've written a couple of rough drafts, just ideas or whatever, but. I usually focus on letters and notices trying to settle in private before court. But I would say one of your rules of court would probably be that uh, all answers be verifiable answers, uh, that they come from the wrongdoer, because you don't want any uh, interloper, any um, attorney general or some bar attorney uh, filing an answer on somebody else's behalf. And uh, you don't want any... Um, see, Carl mentioned too about sealing the case. So, so you could have wrongdoer file documents. You could have the clerk uh, filing documents or whatever. But you don't have judges making rulings, dismissing it, converting it to a complaint. All the other nonsense is sealed. But you can't have it completely sealed because the wrongdoer has to be able to answer and file their answer. Um, they have to be able to file notices and everything else. Wouldn't but, you... Go ahead. Um, I would... You would also want to probably make it clear that uh, it would be a... Uh, trial by jury uh, moving under the common law and have a, a definition of what the common law is. Obviously, it's not going to be on your claim. It would be an exhibit. But, um, that way, you would have anybody trying to pull any code or statute nonsense on you. Mm-hmm. Um they may answer in 21 days or less. Um, they might, it's kind of hard to say what will happen, but if they don't answer, then you're going to have to see about 
you're going to have to decide if you're okay with the default judgment or if you want to have some kind of uh, some kind of an order for a sheriff to go and drag them into court. That way you can speak your claim onto the record and they have a chance to speak now or forever hold their peace. And if they choose not to answer in open court, then they're done for all, all, all time. Would uh, would your would a rules of court, let's say my rules of court, could a and a judge or an administrator who I request to be appointed to hear hear my claim? No, no, you can't request somebody to be appointed. You probably would just appoint a magistrate. I would actually choose one from the, go to the court administrator and get a like a list of judges, or or would they say you know Bob. Judge Bob is available to hear that or something? It's probably not hard to find out who the big shot judges are in your area. Okay. Um, now, would big shot judge, whoever that may be, he, he, let's say he would read my rules of court at some point, right? And would he be able to say, well, I don't, I'm, I can't hear this matter. I don't, I can't follow these rules, you know, like... You know what I mean? Could he put up a, let's say, defense to to any one of your rules and maybe, do they have that power or what? The, okay, the, the, the magistrate, because he's not a judge, he's just a magistrate. You're okay. appointing him to be a magistrate. He's your public servant. So you're you're requiring him to do that duty. However, if he's not qualified, if he doesn't have the capacity, I'm sure he knows somebody who is. Okay. But he he can't put up a defense to your rules. He's not your opponent. You're playing tennis. You're not going to, you're not going to be fighting the referee. It's all your game. You own that tennis game. The wrongdoer is under your jurisdiction. The referee works for you. It's just okay. like what they do in their court, right? In their court, they got their own judge. They're the own prosecutor. They're going by their own rules. It's their house. They do it their way, blah, blah. Now it's your court. Everything is different. Now it's in your favor. So, so for now, example, uh, real quick, for example, on a summons, I get, you know, at the very bottom, it always says, this summons is in coordinates with, under the authority of federal civil rule procedure, blah, blah, blah. Those civil uh, rules of civil procedure are their rules, right? That's what they're saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. their rules of court, their house rules. When you go in their house, you take your shoes off according to the civil rules of procedure. So no a – yeah, no smoking. <laughs> no calling the judge bad name. Yeah. The administrator. Yeah. Um, so my rules of court, the longer – that doesn't have to be so short. That just has to be, let's say, specific. But if it's 10 pages long, as long as it's not ridiculous, well, just like their federal rules of procedure, you know, books books long. 10 pages of rules of court is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it is. I would, I would, just like everything you're writing, I would keep it very short, very straight to the point. Couldn't couldn't they 
whoever they is, find a loophole if you're not so specific. You, yeah, you know but, what I mean? But when you're specific, you're limiting yourself. Keep it general. Oh, but, good. Good. Yep, but, good. Trial by jury moving under the common law. Then you have an exhibit is the definition of trial by jury, not jury trial, not according to statute. Then you have a definition uh, court of records, only moving under the common law, generally has a seal, blah, blah, blah. And the key things you could have defined. But I would keep it very short. There's only so many things, right? You're not going to use code in my court. You're not going to be having an attorney with bullshit answers. Like you're going to get up and you're going to you're going to put your hand on a stack of Bibles. You're going to point across the room and say that guy's lying. And that would be uh, a part, a uh, not a part of the claim, but uh, in the same let's say package that you send out to be served to the um, wrongdoer, let's say, so that the wrongdoer, whoever it may be, let's even say it's a corporation, uh, their, their, their representative will look at that and be like, well, crap, we, we can't, you know, we're not showing up. We can't do this, right? They, they would have an out to settle with you privately or, like you said, a default judgment or something? Well, it'd be kind of silly to go after a corporation. A corporation didn't do anything. Yeah, true. Okay, you're, you're right. Nick, Nick's that one. So if you went after, let's say, not went after, but if you summoned, let's say, a man that works in an office, a public office, um, he would have the opportunity to look at your rules and decide whether or not he wants to play. Well, he, it's the old offer, counteroffer. I don't know, maybe he thinks all your rules are great except number two. Maybe he wants to adjust number two and number four. Other than that, either. What if you say, well, my rules stand, you know, because they're they're valid rules. Like, uh, he, he wants to give up the trial by jury or something. He says that's crazy. Well, I don't know. He can, he can say whatever he wants. I wouldn't flat out refuse. I would find a clever way of agreeing. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. As long as your rules of court aren't ridiculous, I don't see what he can really argue, what valid reasons you'd have. Like, was he going to write back and say, no, I, I I don't like rule number two. I think I should be able to lie in court. Yeah, I know. Exactly. What? Yeah, What's he actually going to say to a, a reasonable <laughs> rule, yeah, I, I guess? I, I, I don't think it's fair. I think I should have somebody else go up and speak for me that wasn't there, didn't see anything, didn't hear anything, has no idea. Yeah. <clears throat> so he yeah, can't say. It'd be pretty dumb to be like, well, I, I don't agree with that, let's say, trial by jury or, you know, no representative. That'd be pretty stupid to come back and say that, actually. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Like I guess obviously, yeah. obviously, if your rule of court number 78 was that the wrongdoer has to wear a red rubber ball on the end of their nose. So they're going to be like, it's like a little mental. Right? You'd have to, they'd have to be pretty, 
pretty good rules in court. That way they wouldn't be able to argue. They've probably got a whole office full of them. They they just don't wear them into court. Um, yeah, I can't remember what else I was going to ask. I'll try, I'll try to think of it. So, all right, thanks for your answer. That cleared up a lot. Yeah, no problem. I remembered what I was going to ask. Yeah. Um, so likewise, when when we get an offer to go to court, I have every right and obligation to question the rules of that game before I just before I say, "Yeah, I'm coming in." Right. Uh, I don't know if I have a, an obligation or a duty, but. You have the right to find out what they're trying to pull. You have the right to counter offer. Like if, if somebody if somebody sends me like if you invite me to your birthday party and you send the invitation and say uh, it's a it's a costume party and everybody has to dress up as their favorite fairy from Disney. I could write you back and say, yeah, I'd love to come to your party, but that's kind of gay. I don't wear fairy costumes, so if you want me to show up, scratch that uh, requirement for the costume. And then at which point, that that's my counter offer. at which point you can write back to me and say, well, rules are rules. It is a costume party, but I'll let you dress up as a pirate. You just... I go back and forth. Uh, offer, counter offer, counter offer, counter offer. What if the reason I'm inviting you to my my gay my gay ball is because uh is because um you I, I'm saying you did something wrong and it has to be cleared up honorably and so it's kind of not it's kind of like an offer but it's more like look we got to settle this or uh, you know, or you're going to be dishonored well, in your life. It and, but it the way it is this way, you know. It is an offer, though. They're saying, okay, well, you've done me wrong, and I offer that we'll settle it in this court according to these rules. And then you could say, no, if you believe I've done you wrong, then you can meet me man-to-man in a, in a court, like law. Not a fake court, not statute law. We'll go in a court of law. A real court, real law. If I've actually done you wrong, I'll compensate before it gets to court. But if you're just saying my grass is too long, or I used the wrong kind of rain barrel, I'm I'm not interested in your complaint. So when let's say when a corporation does contact you, through a representative, which is probably a man, there's no way they can change their venue courts, you know, right? 
so but yet they still have a power of I don't know it's not just presumption but a power of like well you agreed right you signed some sort of contract with us and so yes they're presuming that let's say you're a taxpayer and so you're coming back saying well look here I'm a man they're not uh, presuming you're a taxpayer you swore under penalty of perjury that you are exactly so you're kind of bound to follow their rules pretty darn, you know, to the book almost, right? Because I did swear that I would. So when I come in or when I write back as a man, isn't that borderline psycho? Uh, kind of double-minded, but it's okay if you just wake up one day and say, holy crap, I'm a man. I'm not this legal person. I'm not a taxpayer. What's going on? And then you start asking questions, start finding out that you actually made a bit of a mistake and that you weren't born a taxpayer, you weren't born a citizen, you weren't born, you're just born a man. And that all this stuff is ridiculous. And get out of the contract honorably. Okay, and it, that that would that makes sense as long as I when I realized that I immediately took some actions as a man to 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 notice the the people I had an agreement with as a taxpayer that uh, that's no longer the issue or I have questions about this issue, but I need to do that before there's a problem because once there's a problem, it's kind of written in stone that I am that that taxpayer almost. Well, it kind of looks bad when you say, yes, I'm a taxpayer, I owe a tax, and you pay a tax. Then the next year you pay a tax, the next year you pay a tax. And 20 years later, you're like, you know what, screw them. I'm not paying a tax. Well, you just spent the last 20 years or so proving that you are a taxpayer and that there is a debt, and you just walk away. That's pure dishonor. You didn't notice there was a mistake. You just didn't feel like paying anymore. Just walk away from the contract. No no notice to the other side or anything. That's total dishonor. Yeah. So you got to correct the mistake and start asking a few questions. One, one question per letter, one letter at a time. Yeah, that makes total sense. That, that sounds honorable and... Uh... Well, the, a, a good way of looking at it is it doesn't matter who's coming after you or what is coming after you. It's either because of a harm, loss, or injury, or they're coming at you as some kind of breach of contract, some kind mm-hmm. of contract. So if some guy, city bylaw enforcement officer guy comes up to my house, knocks on my door and says, your grass is too long. You have 15 days to cut it to this length or you could be taken to court. Well, that's funny because I didn't cause any harm, loss, or injury. And so it must be a contract dispute. Is he thinking that I signed a contract where I'm going to keep my grass to a certain length? And then the games are on. Start writing the letters. Hey, Bob, Did that cause a heart loss or injury? No. Uh, Well, the code says blah, blah, blah. Oh, the code has vocal cords, huh, Bob? 
Why are you ordering me to cut my cut my grass? Like, I'll cut the grass, no problem. I'll send you a bill. You wouldn't tell them that up front, but... Yeah, that's the point here you'd get to. Like, you never know. He might send you a letter back saying, look, asshole, if you don't cut it within the 15 days, somebody's going to come up there and cut it for you. You're going to get a bill for 300 bucks. Beautiful. Now I go and cut my grass. It's worth 300 bucks. I take my ticket in. There you go. You said whoever whoever cuts the grass is going to get 300 bucks. I cut it. You ordered me. That's pretty good. That's clever. But I don't know. It, you just got to be kind of quick. Like you, as soon as they say something or write something on paper, you know it's bullshit. <laughs> and just question them on it. Every time they open their mouth, ask them a stupid question. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of funny that some of the stupid questions are actually the proper questions to be asking. Like, it yeah. sounds funny, but somebody says you owe a debt. What debt? Like, you did that. Says who? Like, this is very simple questions that a three-year-old, like, says who? Oh, you stole my bike. Says who? Mm-hmm. What bike? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, I stole your bike. Yeah, uh-huh. what bike? Where Where was the bike? Where was? What are you talking about? Yeah, get them to get the, let's say, accuser person communicating with you to explain themselves instead of always confessing like we're taught to do throughout our life. Yeah. Um, and basically well, creating our own case for them, you know? Well, if if Bob comes up and says, hey, Mike, the car's red. I uh, got any evidence of that, Bob? Well, I'll look at it. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at it. Do you have any evidence? Well, what color does it look? No. You said it. Do you have any evidence? Yeah. Well, everybody knows that I'm not everybody. I don't care what everybody knows. Do you have any evidence that the car's red? And Bob's going to be pissed. He yeah, just he opened his big stupid mouth. And he said something he can't prove. Something so simple. The car's red. Everybody can see it. Yeah, I know, Bob. Yeah, everybody will believe you that the car's red. I'm just asking, do you have any evidence on it? Like, we're going by evidence here. He's going to be pissed. There's nothing he can do. He's going to learn to shut his big mouth. It's the same thing we do. Oh, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't evade paying taxes. Oh, really? Prove it. Oops. I should have just asked them, what evidence do you have that I evaded paying taxes? Yeah, exactly. you got to be pretty, uh, be pretty stupid to accidentally threaten somebody with a question. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, you're right about that. I don't think any threats can come from a question, can they? Well, how would you like me to shoot you in the face is probably not a good question, but... Uh, isn't that an offer, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, it's just, I don't know. I I just think it's funny when you get a letter from somebody and it says, uh, it says, our office noticed that you have not paid blah, blah, blah. I just laughed. In your letter you wrote, and I quote something really ridiculous that they said. Can you explain what the fuck you're talking about? Does that even mean something? 
Uh, have you gotten any responses for stuff like that? You said that you write write back on some of those like ridiculous letters, and you write back with just some ridiculous questions that are so basic. It's as Carl would say, it's scary. Have you can you do you have any examples of like any responses? Has anyone actually any office responded? Re responding to your question saying like who is our office or whatever you'd write you know um well i don't i don't really do a whole lot of stuff for me i'm usually helping other people with their stuff but uh yeah a long time ago terry asked uh, a prosecutor lawman acting prosecutor who is this you that you are referring to so the guy wrote, the U is you, Terry. <laughs> but, yeah, we called it that he helped somebody, and the guy wrote, uh, greetings, Bob. Do you, Bob, order I to pay a debt or pay a fine or something? And he, and he got a letter back. Well, the uh, Code of Massachusetts says, well, uh, I didn't ask you what the code says. So I'm asking you, Bob, did you order me to pay a fine? Yeah. They, they, I don't even think they know how to answer those questions. They're, they're only taught, whoever the office workers are, to say, like, you know, the scripted response, you know. Uh, well, yeah. the code says, or, you know, my, you know, our offices say, or all this crap. They, they're we not sure to answer questions. We represent our clients. Okay, he actually wrote that. We represent our client. What the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. Why are you writing this shit to me? Three pages of this crap. Yeah. So I just write, yeah, well, greetings, Bob. Thanks for your letter. See you copying closed. What do you wish that I do? Like, I don't get it. Three pages of bullshit. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand any of it. I stopped reading at the heading. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I read those letters just because it's funny. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think it'd be funny to find some of the old letters that actually scared the shit out of me and read them now. Yeah. I just sit my hands laughing. Holy crap, this actually scared me at one point. I, uh, I got a letter back from the Texas the Texas Department of Licensing and now I read it a lot because it's just funny like you said there's it's contradicting itself left and right it's going from the man I was talking to uh, Joe and then it says we at our offices believe it says that you know we at our offices uh, assume that you understand something something and it's just pretty funny how they uh once you can read it and see just how ridiculous it is, it's uh, it's very interesting why it scared, why it scares people or scares scared me before, you know. Well, it's funny too. Um, it, next time you get some kind of letter, like especially if it's like uh, like a driving offense, a letter from a prosecutor or something, because. Uh, you read it, just, just highlight the you's and the yours. But these letters are ridiculous. They're like, you failed to show your driver's license. You were driving your car, your case, 
blah, 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 your blah, 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 you, you, your, your, you. And just, it's, it's ridiculous, some of these letters. You just laugh. Or we maintain a position, blah, blah, blah. Of course, you, every rock maintains a position. You put it down, it doesn't move. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, or you ask him a question like, basically, what law do you rely upon, blah, blah, blah. And then they just tell you what code or act to go read. Like, oh, go to go to our website. You can read the rules there. <laughs> oh, I ask you a specific question. You tell me to go check the freaking website. That's kind of what that letter from the Dep- Department of License said, too. That first they went into the Texas code, uh, Texas vehicle, Motor Vehicle Code says this. The then there's an act between the the states down here that one state will will uh, how to say this? One state will honor another state's violation. Like if I violate, had a driving violation in one state, now Texas will honor that, and that's an act. Then they said something else about the administrative code of Texas, and at the very end, that's what they said is, we, our offices believe that you understand the law and how it applies to you. And I I just want to say, what law did you even talk about in your letter? You know what I mean? Like, you didn't say anything about any laws. What law are you talking about that applies to me, you know? Or what law are you talking about that applies to you, in quotes, because that's what they said. Yeah, I use plural, so who are you? Yeah. (laughs) How many people on this call? No idea. How many here from the uh, Facebook, I mean, the Skype group, Common Law? I'm here. Uh, I'm on Common Law. What's what's your um, face, um, Skype name? Aaron and Meow. What is it? Aaron and Meow. <clears throat> can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah no. Um, what's the, uh, your Skype name? Aaron. Oh, Aaron. All right, all right. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I have that um, seatbelt trial tomorrow at 9 a.m. I went to the court today and put a few notices in. Is this Rich? Yeah. Okay. Um, are those the first notices you put in to their case? Yeah, the first, I had a hearing or arraignment, whatever, when you go and plead guilty, not guilty. So I went there with a few notices in my hand. <clears throat> I got there late, whatever. So, um... I knew I knew the sheriff, the big, you know, he was this big black dude, whatever. So he already knows that, you know, I've been to court a few times and I'm always, you know, whatever. So he, as soon as he saw me, he called me up. <clears throat> he said, hey, look, just plead guilty and just handle that trial. And I said, look, I'm just going to hand some notices. I'm not even going to talk. And he was like, what, what, notices? I'm like, yeah, the judge should know or whatever. So they called my name. <clears throat> so I said, I'm here for that matter. So then he called me, so he started, you know, asking, saying something. I said, I have some notice here for the court. So then one of the 
sheriffs or bailiffs, I don't know what they're called, he came around to kind of get it. And then the judge is like, no, 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 we're not taking that. Um, we're here, you know, so you can plead guilty, not guilty. And then I said, I have some notices here for the court. My answers on the notices. <clears throat> Make a long story short, he kind of didn't want to take them. Then at one point he said, um, all right, read the notices into the record. So I was like kind of stumped on like, am I supposed to talk right now? Am I supposed to read them? So I read one of the notices, you know, real quick. I said, Iron Man required the court to act accordingly. And it was something like that be died or something told me to write. So he kind of cut me off right before I finished the, the, the notice. And um, basically, we're just going back and forth. I just kept asking him, is there a verified claim before the court? Is there a verified claim before the court? Then he told me to shut up. And then I said, is that an order? Are you, is that an order? Are you ordering me to shut up? And then basically, he said, um, I'm putting an order in for not guilty or something like that. I said, I object. And then they gave me the court date, whatever. So then I grabbed my paperwork and I walked out of the courtroom. And I was I was walking out. Um, he ordered the sheriffs. Um, well, as I was walking out, he said, take a seat right there in the front bench, in the front row, take a seat. So I, I, I kept walking. He said, take a seat in the front right there. So I kept walking. He said it one more time, and I walked out. And when I walked out of the double doors, um, and my girl was there and my son, I have a two-year-old. Um, when I walked out of the double doors, I heard him say, arrest that man for disorderly conduct. So then the sheriffs came out, and one of them was my friend. And the other guy, I knew him. He was my son's baseball coach. He's like, Are you, aren't you uh, Mr. So-and-so? I'm like, oh, hey, what's going on? So whatever. I told him, look, if you guys, you know, touch me, you're, you're trespassing. Whatever. But they were like my friends kind. You kind of knew them. So whatever. So they took me downstairs into, like, the Capitol Police headquarters where you um, walk into the metal detectors. And um, while they're, like, processing or whatever, I guess they had to call the state police to come get me because it was a contempt or whatever in a federal building or judicial, whatever it was. I don't know. Anyway, five minutes later after they took my, my license out of my pocket, my money, um, put putting myself in a bag, one of the other sheriffs comes down and says, the judge said to let him go. So the guy's like, what? Let him go? Why? What happened? He's like, I don't know. The judge said to let him go. And they were like, the other, the other people that, that I didn't know were like, what? Let him go. Oh my God, we just filled out his paperwork. We got to call public safety now. Let them know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But anyway, they gave me a court date for tomorrow. So today I went in and filed a few notices. And that's where I'm at right now. You you didn't have to go back up to the judge and find out why he order he gave the order to release you or anything. No, I didn't even bother. I just they give, they let me go, and I just took my I took all my belongings and left. And they had given me a piece of paper to come back the order, to come back for tomorrow. You know, but I didn't even find out. I didn't bother the judge. You know, because there's so many things that I could do if I was knowledge. You know, if I was learning like lens. You know, for having the judge order them to arrest me, you know, a trespass, you know, the, the the two sheriffs even touching me and arresting me is false imprisonment or whatever. Another, well, not false imprisonment because that would probably be legalese, but you know what I mean? Like, even the fact that they, you know, stopped me and and um, arrested me or whatever. Well, I guarantee he wasn't he wasn't ordering a man or, or stopping a man. He, he, right. I mean... You know what I mean. He, he, yeah. They're totally acting under his rules of presumption that you are you were the defendant driver. And yeah. I'm not an expert, but at an arraignment, at the time, before, uh, maybe just after he reads the charges to you and stuff, that's where I believe you have to stand your ground and say, "Is there where, where's the complaint? There, there is no claim." 
you know, you showed up as a defendant in his mind. So anything you say about the claim is just going to be like, man, this guy's crazy. Right. Um, well, I had the notices in my hand, and then at the end, before I walked out, I asked him like three times, is there a verified? The first time I asked the judge or the magistrate, whatever they call I think it says magistrate outside the door. Um, the first time I asked the magistrate, is there a verified claim before this court? He said, what? What are you talking about? Like, he said just like that. Like he had no, he, he had no idea what I just asked him. And he I does again. I should have He's said, always testing you. I should have said, then you're not competent or you're not qualified or you're not competent to be sitting there. I should have said maybe something like that. I don't know what I should have said. But anyway, I repeated the question again. I said, is there a verified claim before this court? And then he's like, um, oh, well, I don't know what he said. Then I asked him again, is there a verified He never answered my question, basically. You know, so then he kind of got mad. He couldn't answer you. He doesn't know what a claim is in that court at that time in that venue with a defendant standing in front of him. Right. Uh, right. So I have another notice that I'm going to present tomorrow that I am not a defendant. You know, I'm going to say because on the charging instrument or whatever they call the paper they gave me when I left the first time, <clears throat> it says State of Rhode Island versus, you know, and then my name in all capital letters. So I put a notice in that I want to face my accuser. You know, um, the man or woman named State of Rhode Island, you know, so they can press the record or whatever. I have, I have the notices there, six notices. I put them all in separately, you know, try to make them as short as possible, each of them, in case the court or the clerk don't like any of my, what I'm ordering from the menu, they can't strike the whole the whole notice, you know. Yeah, you can try that. Make sure, make sure. I think Carl and Mike and Gus say bring four copies of each notice with you, so that when you're at court and the judge says, "I don't see any goddamn notices," uh, you can say, "Oh, well, here you go." Right. Uh, and copies of the filed, the stamped notices. I mean, not just written out. Make sure that the stamped ones too. That well, yeah, what the lady did, she didn't stamp or anything. What she did was put it through this machine, this like scanner all six pieces of paper, and like in one second, it spit them out, and they scanned them all. I'm like, I don't think I don't think they scanned. She's like, no, no, they're here. So I'm like, no, I don't think so. I think only one, maybe, because it was so fast that happened. So we looked on the computer, and she pulled up all six notices. I was like, oh, wow. So I guess she scanned it into the computer somehow. So I guess it's on file now, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, okay, maybe. But well, to cover your ass, you tell her that you'd like to get the, your paper notices, file stamps, um, on, on your way out that you that you did that so just so you have you know you, you always got to cover your butt but anyway back to the arraignment the arraignment is not the time to enter notices except one and the one notice you might enter is after the judge is trying to make the defendant plea guilty or no contest and and the defendant doesn't plea he's going to enter a new, not guilty plea for you. And it's right at that time that you have to demand, the defendant has the, let's say, the privilege to demand that a verified complaint be entered into this case and then notice of such complaint or a copy be sent to the defendant. Now, I'll bet you a million dollars the state is not going to write up a, a complaint about what happened that day because the state wasn't there. So a verified complaint. So I'm trying to stay away from complaints. What's that? Say again. A verified complaint. Are we trying to stay away from complaints? Or well, we are, but that's before we go to court at all. Yeah. Before you go into any of the jurisdiction, of course you're a man. 
But once I don't think you want to use the word complaint. You have to once you're already in there. Um, in that verifiable case, claim. Any man have a verifiable claim before this court? Right. The judge, the judge don't use the word complaint. There's no man in court. He's gonna look at you like you're crazy and uh, have him arrested. So, so seriously, do you want you want to hear somebody go wham 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 wham? That's a complaint. Exactly. No, I, I understand. Yeah. Any man have a verifiable so, claim? Why listen, are we here? Why are you wasting my time? Listen. Right. That's what I want. I want the state to go wham 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 wham, so I can use that as evidence that there is no claim. There is no complaint. There's what did they say no? What did they say no? They have a complaint. Where? They have a complaint. And it? in where the complaint, there is, is a claim. It? Where is it? It's in the complaint. The no, claim is in the complaint. The state does not file a complaint in a traffic case. Uh, I can, I can complain you're breathing air. We're talking that is about a, the That state. is a claim. That's We're a claim. We're talking about the state. We're not talking about so me. what? You don't don't talk about their shit. You don't know what a complaint is. Then why did he go? To, why did Rich go to arraignment? If he doesn't want to hear anything he wants to say, then why did he even show up? Because he's in either in handcuffs. <laughs> no, because uh, we're, we're you just say, you just ask. Is there a man before this court who has a verifiable claim? End of story. Judge is going to say no. Very short, no. sweet. Judge is going to say no. Now what? Well, well then, what are we doing here? Well, we're here for so you can hear the charges and plead guilty, not guilty. How do you plead? Is there a man before this court? Did you get my notice? You didn't answer, answer the either. notice. Answer the notice. What notice is? I don't see any notice Did, before me. Well, I have copies for you right here. I can't read these. Is there? Is is there? Sounds like a personal problem. If you need to go we're get not, legal advice, go ahead. We're not taking notices at this time. That's not the procedures of uh, the rules of civil procedure. I best you, I best you go get education. I have no that's business what, here then. That's what the judge would say to Rich. There, there is no business, business here. He, he, that's why he walked out of the court. He was waiting for Rich to go, oh, please, 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 uh, judge, uh, don't lock me up, don't lock me up. Exactly. I got when, 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 when they found out that he wasn't saying anything or anything like that, he knew he was liable for for trying to arrest him for some bullshit fucking thing he has no knowledge of. No, the judge, the the judge, rightfully so, detained a defendant. No, but that, I, I, he did. I, I read a notice and saying that I am a man and I require this court to act accordingly. Like I read a few a few words. Yeah, and he cut you off too. Yeah, um, but see, yeah. a man wouldn't a man wouldn't show up to an arraignment for a civil trial and then say I'm a man. I know where you're coming from, Rich, and uh, whoever else is talking, but we've got to do that stuff before, way before this arraignment. Is, this is crazy, but I think in my state, traffic court is criminal, believe it or not. Uh, I don't know. That's right. All arraignments are criminal. I just didn't want to get that conversation with some people who think it's all civil, but you're right. It's, it's criminal. That's why there's an arraignment. Yeah, and that's why there has to be a complaint, at least a complaint from a, co- a corporation like the state. The state's not going to make a claim. Now, if I if I was said that you uh, did something criminal against me, you're goddamn right. I'd I'd be standing there at your arraignment with my claim to to right. show to the court that he. Now this is what's before the court, and you better plead guilty, not guilty, because I want compensation. <clears throat> so tomorrow, 
what basically is going to happen is they're going to call my name. I'm going to say I'm here for that matter. And I'm going to be the only guy that ever says I'm here for that matter. And I already know the judge is going to look at me weird when they say I'm here for that matter because last time that happened, I was my brother-in-law, and there was a fiasco again. But anyway, you're going to call my name. I'm going to say I'm here for that matter. Then they're going to swear me in, and then the state police officer is going to be there. He's not going to be the plaintiff. He's going to be the witness, I guess they call him, because I don't even think there's going to be a plaintiff or a prosecutor. There is, there is. There's no you, – you are the one moving that case now. Well, I haven't put a claim in. I just put notices in. The citation is now the moving instrument. And whatever's on that citation is, let's say, what would they say, true to the court? So if it, there's the defendant's name on that citation and it uh, looks like it's your name, if, it, if there's some violations of a code on there and it looks like you signed the bottom of it, that's what they're going to think is true. And it's going to be really hard to turn that over. I mean, I haven't, I didn't produce a license. I didn't sign anything ever with the court or ever, like, never. I haven't signed any piece of paper ever besides the notices I've given. That's it. And that was today. I, um, they, they don't have any signatures of mine anywhere. What did the officer write on the citation for your in, in signature box for you? When they, um, when they pulled me over, he, uh, it was, um, there was no seatbelt and failure to produce license on demand or something. Hold on, I have, I have the paper right here, but I, I didn't sign anything, so it's, I'm not sure. What is in that box where where the defendant should have signed, where where the driver should have signed? Is there anything? No, it just says um, issuing slash certifying officer signature, and that's. So it. Are you There's going no to uh, fi- are you going to file a claim? I was thinking about having a claim ready for tomorrow of trespass against the officer, you know, just in case. Uh, don't, 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 don't go against trespass against officer. Just go for a uh, false claim. So, yeah, so, so, so. So yeah, what, what point, what point of law do they rely on that you have to carry a driver's license? Exactly. When, when you're, when you're uh, taking your property from point A to point B. Exactly. I, to- I told the uh, officer that, look, I'm moving my property from point A to point B. I'm not under license. I'm not using a license. I'm just my yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't talk to cops though. Next time, just take it and thank you. Bye. Just yeah, say I mean, uh, this 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 isn't mine, and he'll say, "Is this you? No, that belongs to the government." Where do you live? Right here. Myself. <laughs> I live. Well, what, what's your What's your address? Well, you can address me as Richard. Yeah. Where do you live? Right here. What happened? I'm always was, right here. There was there were two cops, a rookie and like a other guy who thought he knew it all. So the rookie guy asked me for my license and I said, Is there any requirement under common law for me to have a license or to identify myself or something something to that yeah, effect? Yeah, you're just looking for a night in jail uh, if you're gonna talk like that. They're goons, man. I know, they don't know but, but how else am I supposed to am I just gonna stay quiet? That's just even- just just take the ticket. Thank you. And then you fight fight with the prosecutor. Right. But who, you tell them to remove this right now. You're going to be bringing a false claim before the court. So if tell I the claim, get rid of this now. If I file the claim, it'll be a claim of trespass with a, by, by nature of a uh, forged instrument. Is that, is that how that works? No. No. You, you claim a false claim. So the claim wouldn't be a trespass? It'll just be a false claim? Well, whatever they're accusing you, you broke some kind of code. A statute, yeah. 
Yeah, it's not a point of law. It has to be expressed with your name on it. Right. Saying Richard will will carry a driver's license twenty four seven when 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 he is in his automobile or property. That's that's how that's how expressed it has to be. Right. I mean, yeah, I know all this. Nobody asked. Nobody told the Wright brothers they didn't have a a, a flying license to to try their little uh, two by four plane <laughs> and fly it in the air. Now apparently, uh, yeah, apparently there's uh, airspace laws. I don't know who owns that. It sure ain't it sure ain't man. I'll tell you that much. He's steward of it, but he don't own it. It's all God's. So when they call my name tomorrow. Should I say I'm here for that matter? Oh yeah, for sure. And then, but uh, but uh, uh, you got to have a claim. You got to have a claim before the court if you're going to speak. I'm sorry. What was that? You got to have a claim before the court. Right. So should I should I style stylize it as the the A bar court in Rhode Island Traffic Tribunal? At. At. I mean, yeah, 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 I'm sorry. You're never in anything. Yeah, yeah. Actually, well, you're only in your own body. That's about the only thing you can be in. I could be in my court, at their court, right? Or not? Yeah. So, at, yeah at, at the court. building, at the building. <clears throat> yeah, in the my last name court, at their, the name of their building. No, just say uh, uh, so-and-so versus... Uh, um, who, whoever, state, blah, 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 at building. So I'll just say, yeah, because I've seen a few, you know, claims of trespass, whatever. It almost been. doesn't really matter what you really put down as a claim, right. because no, no man is latched. Every man is different, peculiar, right? So, uh... You can just wing it. Anybody who changes it is uh, is trespassing on property. So I mean, I'm just. It'd be, no, it'd be even funny if you spelt everything wrong. I'm illiterate. Spell right. <laughs> spell the s's backwards, yeah, like like said, like Carlson one day. Um. So I, I really wanted to have a claim, you know, because now if I put a claim before the court. Now it's my court, and now claim supersedes their whatever statute complaint bullshit, you know. So I don't know. Yeah. So uh, trespass by way of false claim. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. So it can be a trespass by C, C Exhibit A. And then show them a picture of that and, original citation, right? That the cop gave me. Well, um, I. I I don't know about that part, but um, Exhibit A would be like uh, um, uh, I, a man, uh, have no knowledge of uh, of code, any code, uh, the state of, and um, I, I um, what else? Yeah, like when when Gus was there in, in that YouTube video, when Gus was in court, have you have you guys listened to that? 
Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, so you think, I don't think he had a claim, did he? Did he have a claim? No, he no, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, that, so that's, that, that's why that's why the judge didn't couldn't hear him. Right. That's why they they adjourned it for another day. Yeah, and then, and the, then the paperwork went through, and the pro and uh, the prosecutor just said, ah, "I ain't touching this." Yeah, they said no law se or something. They don't. They're not going to prosecute or something like that. Yeah, they can. Yeah, he's not going to go near Gus. His, his paper his paperwork is unanswerable. So now, so, what, did, he uh, get, did he get his property back? His gun? It wasn't his. It was planted there. Oh, well, whose was it? One of his who who drives around with a loaded gun, man? In the chamber. Anybody. We've got the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. In the chamber? Yeah, why not? How stupid is that? Yeah, I mean, hey... That's, 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 that's the most stupidest thing you can do. I mean, yeah, it was already one in the chamber, which is odd, but I mean... Like, like everybody, ta- everybody talks about handing a kid a loaded gun. That is exactly what you do when you leave a, a bullet in the chamber. Yeah, it's the stupidest thing. You can, you, can, you can load the magazine, that's fine. You can have it in the gun, but don't load the chamber, man. Exactly. No, it's o- it's only one hairpin trigger of... of, of of taking somebody's life. Yep. Even if you're protecting yourself and the gun went accidentally off, you're still liable. <clears throat> liable in what, legalese land, you mean? Liable. You did the crime. You you murdered somebody. Oh, I thought you meant like if you self-inflicted wounds or something like that. Well, it doesn't matter who you hit with it. If you hit anybody, you're liable for it. It was your gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like if let's say you had it loaded and it went off and it. So, so a cha- a chambered gun, man, is is uh, is uh, is just absolute carelessness. Yeah, I had I had a gun charge in You only you only load it when you're ready to shoot, man. Yep. Not just in case, because just in case can be an accident. Yep. So, so that was, I thought that was his gun. I didn't even know it was like, whatever, but. No, he was helping somebody move a vehicle, apparently, and, uh, and, uh, apparently there was a loaded gun behind the seat. I think his buddy either had it and put it behind his seat, don't know, but I don't know. It's just a little too fishy. Yeah. That's odd. But, but yeah, anyway, so, so. so. And and uh, and uh, what we know of Gus, he's not careless like that whatsoever. Right. So I should have a claim then written up tonight and presented to the court tomorrow. Yeah. So a claim in the nature, so a claim of trespass in the nature of a forged instrument or false claim. False claim, yeah. Claiming uh, who say who say I do wrong? Who who's going to be the wrongdoer in your claim? Exactly. That was my next question. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you? There's think? nobody there, right? There's nobody there, right? Well, I, I'm, I think it's the, uh, the. I require the man or woman who say I do wrong to take this to verify his or her claim. That that's not a claim. But Rich, who do you think the wrongdoer would be if you wrote a claim tonight and tried to submit it or file it into court tomorrow? I say it was the man acting as state police officer, badge number 159 or whatever, 
know what I mean? Okay. He's, he's basically the one who, who started this problem for me. Okay, so a claim, uh, what we what common law is, is, you, is a claim from man to man. Exactly, so the man acting, because I don't even know his name, really. I just didn't hear the signature there. But well, a, a prosecutor does wrong by uh, by representing the uh, the uh, the wrong the the wronged no, by Rich, not having firsthand knowledge. He's Rich, bringing forth the claim, and the wrong the wronged is not on the stand testifying that you did wrong, proving his claim, verifying it. So that's that's why you have to save false claim. I require the uh, man or woman bringing forth this claim to uh, verify his claim on, uh, in open court. Now, is that, is that barratry? The, that's what the prosecutor does. If if there's another name other than himself, uh, and he's and he's pushing the case. Hey, hey Rich, what what would the wrong be of the man that uh, you may make a claim against? Well, the wrong, the wrong is two things, trespass on my property and, and also for filing false claims. Okay. Um, did you try to settle privately? That's two separate claims. Did, two separate did you, claims. Did you try to settle privately with this man? Uh, no, I haven't. That's the first step. That's the honorable yeah. step. All right. Um, well, we can't do that. Just show his false claim before the court. Right. I kind of I kind of like the trespass on my property because I, I feel I'm more familiar with that. Yeah, but who trespassed on your property? The man acting as state police officer, one badge number you one. You don't have nine. you don't you don't have time tomorrow to to be writing letters to him asking for forgiveness if you hurt his feelings. Yeah, I'm not trying to write a letter. I'm just trying to have the claim there because didn't. didn't yeah, but he talk. is he going to be there? Is he going to be there? He's supposed to be there. Yeah. You can't file okay. a claim. And one day later, hold the trial. He has to answer it. You know, you have to give it, you know, opportunity to answer, opportunity to settle. So I could, so I could file a claim of of um, false, uh, false claim on the same day. Yeah, no. I would, no. I would put a, I would put a claim before this court, and run it at the same time as they're running their uh, complaint against you. No, no. That won't work. You still have to give whoever filed the false claim an opportunity to withdraw their claim. Mike, you, know, you I, on? And on top of that, who who do you think, Rich, filed the false claim? Who do you think filed that the case that, that for that's happening tomorrow? The, the case that well, originally the state police you know, wrote the summons or whatever. And then when I went to court that day, I got arrested and I got let go. It says... Carl and Valley followed a, filed a claim the night before uh, Valley's tri- uh, court that's, case. That's what I was going to mention next about the Valley case, that, that they went into the courthouse and it was after hours and they needed to get that claim in the night before, you see, because they had trial the next day. So that's what I was going to mention also. That they were hey, uh, how, long, how many days uh, before this picket and before you're in court? Plenty of time. Did you did you get twenty one days? Plenty of time, yeah. Uh, I think okay, what so Bally and, could, I think what Bally and Carl did was served served the summons and complaint God, no. and then filed it. They did it, not do any of that. Filed it the day the night before, you know. But I, I'm not I wasn't there, I'm not sure exactly. That's that's Carl again. Yeah, that's what I remember Carl saying that that they went there after hours and 
Carl was saying that he needed to have that Bali needed to have the claim filed before the next well, the, judge got there it was on his desk at nine AM or eight AM or whatever. Okay, file the claim and then say, Hey, there's a claim before this court, we need some time before to, for the uh, opposite party to uh respond. There you go. There's your time. Exactly. Uh, Rich, who do you think filed the, let's say, the, uh, who is the wrongdoer if you were to file a uh, uh, filing false claim claim against someone? Well, the wrongdoer could be the, the, the original officer, you know, and also on the he didn't paper file I got. A, he didn't file a complaint against you, though. Well, how does all that? He's a witness in a case. Who filed the case? Well, yeah, on the paper, I, I, guess, on, on I was paper, muted I, up, but you don't have a claim. You can't file a claim tomorrow. You got no claim. There's no wrongdoer. There's no wrong. What do you mean? I could file a claim against the state police officer that stopped me. But for doing his job? For doing his job? For trespassing on my property, on, on my right to travel. What evidence do you have that you notified him that there was a right to travel and that you were a man? Ignorance is no excuse of the law, right? So he, he should know no, the law. No, he should probably change to say my right No, no. He's a cop. You're paying him to drive around and give motor vehicle operators tickets. You're paying him to do what he did to you. You didn't rebut it. He's a, he has he's, he has evidence that he ticketed a licensed driver, and you don't have any evidence of anything whatsoever. You I, did certainly not, have, I did not produce my license, and I was not in a motor vehicle. Certainly, you certainly don't have any evidence that you tried to settle with your brother in private. You just want to run out and file a claim against your brother. No notice, no warning, no nothing. You're the one that's filing a false claim. Are you kidding me? Who, who's this speaking right now? Mike. Mike, all right. <clears throat> First of all, I did not produce my license. I was not driving under the license. I was not driving, quote, unquote, and I was not in a motor vehicle. So why did he presume or assume or whatever that I was doing any of those activities? Because that's his job. That's what you pay him to do by paying that's your job. He has duties, obligations, you know, rules he has to follow, but I have rights, and he just trusts me on my, on my property. You. And you properly served him notice, right? I served him notice while he stopped me. No, <clears throat> All right. no, so, no, so, so no, you're telling me, you're telling me, wait, 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 so you're telling me that I'm supposed to serve him notice answer, before he stops listen, me? How listen, but serve him notice before simple, he stops me. Hey, 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 mouthpiece, it's a simple yes, yes or no hmm. question. Did you serve him proper notice? Yes or no? Okay. How am I supposed to serve him proper notice? Explain to me so how no? to do that. Is that a no? Is that a long way of saying no? You're you telling me I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to serve them proper notice. Oh, listen, I'm going to be driving in Rhode Island um, every single day between the hours of 1 a.m. to 1 a.m., let's say, daily. Is that, what you, is that, is that, is that proper notice? Because what, what, what proper notice would there be? You're saying something that is, like, illogical. Did you write how him a letter? How would you serve Did you write him a letter? Did you write him a letter? You're saying before or after the stop? Whenever you didn't give him proper notice before or after the stop, so why is that even relevant? If I was a, a fortune teller, I would give him notice before the stop. But how would I okay, know? You not, okay, but you didn't hear what I just said. You didn't give him proper notice before or after. 
You right. didn't do either. You didn't give him proper notice at all, ever. I gave him. I gave him notice during the stop that I was moving the property from point A. What, ev- to point B. what evidence? What evidence do you have that you gave him any notice? Certainly wasn't proper notice, but what evidence do you have? Because he gave you notice of a court date. He gave you notice of a ticket or a fine, or he gave you a piece of paper. He gave you proper notice in writing. You right. didn't respond in, in like kind. You didn't give him proper notice. Right. <clears throat> so how would I give him proper notice before the stop is my question. If you, if you didn't have something written up and hand it to him, then you write him a letter after. <clears throat> you settle in private. He sent you an invitation to court or whatever he gave you, and you didn't respond to it. All right, that's fine. Well, all that's done with, whatever, it's too late for that now. So I'm not going to stick my tail in between my legs and be like, I'll just pay the fine because I didn't give him proper notice. No, that's not how that works. That's like extortion. Did, 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 anyone, did anyone say that? Did anyone tell no. you to put your tail between your legs or run away or pay a fine or any of that? I'm just saying some, some people commented that I should just pay the fine until I keep learning more or whatever. No, I, I, you learn that's as you go. you got to roll with the punches. That's actually the best advice I heard so far. What? Pay the fine and study. Like, uh, you're already, you were all ready to write up a claim and run into court with some false claim tomorrow. Same. All right, so how did Carl Lenz file the claim the night before? How did he do it? He didn't just do it the night before. There was how many hearings before Carl filed that, before Bally filed that? There was proper notice. There was there was court notice. There was all kinds of notice back and forth. So I gave them notice today. And if they need more time to answer my claim, I'll give them how much time they need. I'm not trying to ambush them. They can have, they can have as much time as they need to, to properly what? defend my claim. You have no claim. None whatsoever. You have no claim. There's nothing to answer. Nobody did anything me, wrong. You're telling me. What? You're telling me that interfere with my yes. right to travel. No, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. A police officer's job is to drive around and give tickets to motor vehicle operators, and that's what he did. You didn't give him proper notice. You didn't correct the mistake. You didn't do anything. You just want to scream bloody murder and cut people's heads off. Not you don't want to be honorable. You don't want to be polite and respectful. You don't want to say, hey, Bob, you might have made a mistake. I'm actually a man, not a driver. No, you didn't do any of that. You just want to go and sue the guy. You're looking to take a prosecutor's head off who hasn't done anything wrong yet. He got paperwork on his desk. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Sign this, rubber stamp this, put it in the file. They're all doing their job. You're the one that's not doing your job. You're not acting like a man. That cop is acting like a cop. That prosecutor is acting like a prosecutor. That judge is acting like a judge. You're not acting like a man. I don't need to act like a man because I am a man. They, they're, acting, they're acting because they, they, they're personas. They have two faces. Okay, well, you don't have to act like a man. You're going to lose. I'm, I'm a man. I don't have to act as a man. I'm just a man. Well, you're, not, you're not acting like a man. I'm just a man. I don't need to act like it. I don't know. If you, talk, if you talk like a chicken and walk like a duck, I'm supposed to expect that you're a man. Huh. <clears throat> I don't want to look at it. And he stopped me. He interfered with my right to travel. No, he didn't. 
He pulled over a motor vehicle operator who failed to produce a license on demand because that's what his job is. How, how, does he, how does he think that I'm a motor vehicle operator? How do you think that I'm that either? It's a presumption. It's a presumption of law. That's how they operate. Everybody knows that. Presumption of legal, legal land or, or of law? It's called presumption of law. It's so a, it's you're, a talking about law? you're talking about law of the land? So where's the due process for him to even, where's his notice to even pull me over? Did he give me notice to pull me over? Because he didn't give me my due process, right? Because due process is synonymous with law of the land. Uh, I'm not sure where you're getting that from. Uh, well, look it up. <laughs> look it up where? Whose opinion should I look up? Look up Bouvier's opinion. Look up um, what, what, American what jurisprudence. What do um, I give a shit about, about, about what a bunch of corporate lawyers? Juris, corporate juris segundum. I mean, well, why, why do you want to talk? Listen, why do I care what a pack of lawyers tell me what the, their interpretation of the law is? They're you lawyers. Seem care, you seem to care what the cops' interpretation of the law is. Now you don't care what the lawyers' interpretation of the law is? No. No, I, I'm, I'm happy that the cops out there are doing his job, giving tickets to knuckleheads like you who want to just run out and file claims when you don't even know how to act honorably. <clears throat> That's what the system is in place for, to stop people like you from using so, the law. So, the cop, so you're saying the cop, right, uh, exercised the process. I'm glad he gave you a ticket. I'm glad he gave you a ticket because you're probably going to learn to be honorable or you're going to get hammered on in court. Either so, way, you're going to learn a lesson. You can't, I don't care about being hammered. You think I'm, you, you're probably scared to go into court. So how many times have you ever yeah, been Yeah, court? yeah, I'm shaking in my fucking boots, pal. Yes, I'm afraid to go to court. You're right. Yeah, you yeah. probably are. You probably are. Yeah, I mean, probably, do you have yeah. any evidence? Do you have any evidence of any successes? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That, obviously, you don't go to court, right? Because you know how to handle yeah, it. Obviously, I don't. You're correct. Obviously, I don't go to court. You're right, Mr. Presumption Pants. You're absolutely correct. You know it all. That's why you're calling in. That's why you're calling in a law show and asking questions because you know it all. No, Carry what's your name on Skype? Have fun in court. What's your name on Skype? Mike. Common law. Mike Miller or something. I'm not sure what it comes up as. Oh, not because you sound like you sound like that guy Face One or I don't know his name. I'm not sure if it was Face One or Convinced. One of them two guys. No, he was giving you. He was giving some. Well, he was asking, actually asking good questions, because you were off in La La Land trying to run out and file a claim. You're trying to file. You're trying to file a false claim of trespass, so false claim, which is kind of funny. A false claim of trespass. Okay. Yeah. According, yeah, according to Carl Landis. Right, the, the the master guru, he says if they stop you, <laughs> they just trespass on your property. Am I am I mistaken? Because Carl's according a man. Lens, according because, to Carl Lenz, the, the guru because, that we because all follow. Carl's a man. Because Carl's a man. So if they pull him over, they're interfering with the rights of a man. Carl's oh, correct. Oh, oh, because Carl gave them notice already that he was a man. He said no, he didn't even talk to them on the side of the road. Carl said he didn't even talk to them on the side of the road. He don't give them no paper. Carl don't give them no notices. He just signs the paper and a Because Carl knows what he's doing, and Carl's a man, and he acts responsibly. He gives proper notice. Right, but he gives he's notice honorable. after the fact. Honorable. Right? 
He's honorable. Yeah. I know he asked me earlier if I give notice before the fact. Or after. And you didn't do either. You didn't give before or after. You gave no notice, not proper notice. Proper notice, no notice. So proper notice is only in writing proper notice? I gave the notice verbally. Okay, well, you don't have any evidence. The courts weren't run off evidence. If you don't have any evidence, it didn't happen. So you can sh- you can shoot your mouth off all day long on the side of the road, and it's not going to make you a lick of difference. It didn't happen. All that's going to happen is it's going to be used against you in court. So rock on, big mouth. Tell, tell the cop what the law is. Tell him all that you know, and it's not going to help you. It's going to make it worse. See, when you say what the law is... You're going to get labeled a sovereign citizen. You're going to get sent for a psyche vow. You're going to get nailed for contempt of court. That's how your situation, that's how your method is going to, you're not going to win doing that. Right, and and your method of winning is paying a ticket and and, and being a good citizen, right? Being a good sovereign citizen, slave boy, cheap. No, no. No, my my method is to act honorably. Act honorably, and yes, yes. Act, act honorably with these honorable cops doing their job. Absolutely. God bless that cop. <clears throat> I think he did a great job. I think he pulled over the right guy. Oh, yeah, he pulled over the right guy. No seatbelt on. That's yep. why he put me no seatbelt. Yeah. So no seatbelt. Revenue. Shaking no. revenue for his corporation because I don't have a contract with their corporation, but he wanted to create yeah. revenue for the corporation and take people's money away. Right, right. No evidence, no contract, right. The driver's license, right. Oh, so you see the driver's license is a contract? You don't even know what you're talking about. The driver's yeah, license. And no seatbelt wearing, no driver's license producing motorists with a big mouth on the side of the road who wants to sue the shit out of so, cops for doing their so jobs. My driver's license. I want guys like you all over my neighborhood suing all the cops in my neighborhood for stupid shit when they don't even know how to act honorably. So you're saying the driver's license is a contract? Yes, it's a contract of sorts, yes. An agreement. Of sorts? Of sorts or it's a contract? Yes, it's a contract. And what is it compelling me to do, this contract? <laughs> Whatever you wish. Whatever I wish, okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't. You shouldn't expect a whole lot of help from me until you can act honorably. You can file a claim tomorrow if you want. It'd be pretty funny, but I don't recommend it. Hey, Richie, there. Yeah, I didn't hear what you said, but I'm still here. Uh, I was going to say one thing to Rich, uh, but I don't know if he's there. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not at the board, so I don't even know who's on the call. Uh-huh. I'll just say I just had an idea. When I was listening to you talking to Rich, and Rich was talking about... Um, you know, I'm supposed to give notice to everyone. I'm a man, and, you know, we all understand where he's coming from. But 
and then he said, you know, the cop doesn't have to give me notice and all this stuff. And the cop gave you lots of notice. And the first notice is when he turned on his red and blue lights. That should let you know exactly how he's operating. You know, what, what let's say, jurisdiction he's operating under. And it's definitely not going to be common law. It's going to be a statutory motor vehicle code jurisdiction, highway patrol, blah, blah, blah. And that's that's a time, like Mike said, to give notice proper notice of who you think you are or who you are honorably. Now, if the cop then proceeds to do his job and dismiss anything you, you present to him, yeah, then, of course, you know, you, you do handle it in court. You don't want to cause a big scene on the side of the road. But like Mike said, you, you stand up for yourself, short, simple, uh, assertive. And when the cop still does his job against someone he doesn't have jurisdiction over, and that's when you have a chance to go to court and prove it. So uh, that's all I have to say about that situation. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I kind of like the idea of cops pulling people over and giving them tickets and seeing who's out prowling around the neighborhoods if he was actually honorable and he knew how to be a man and he knew the law, he would know how to just settle it on paper. He wouldn't yeah. have to go and you don't just like if, if I parked in front of a parking meter, I went in the grocery store and I came out and there was a ticket. I wouldn't just immediately file a claim. That's retarded. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Funny. Like that, that's that's no better than a prosecutor would do. No, exactly. It's low. It's lowly. It's it's the like I think I've heard you say bottom of the barrel, easiest move, and a monkey could do it. You know, it doesn't. It it's nothing actually. You have to back that up with actions and knowledge and uh, and an effort to act honorably. You know, you can't you can't just walk out there and be like, "Oh, you put this on my card, ten thousand dollars." Yeah. Okay. I think society's really gonna love a guy like that. My point was when I was asking him about who is the wrongdoer in his claim for filing a false claim, I wanted to get him to say the state because that's who's bringing that like, apparent false claim against him. But then at the same time, he's trying to walk into court and be like, the state doesn't exist. You know, there's no man here. And so how double-minded is that where you've got a claim then against the state that you're saying doesn't exist over here in this other case? You know, it's just totally backwards. Yeah, sorry, I was muted out. Oh, it's all right. I was talking to myself anyway. <laughs> Happens a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I think 
I don't like being the only guy sticking up for cops, but I think it's pretty good if a cop pulls somebody over for not wearing their seatbelt and there's a bunch of with thousands of dollars of stolen car stereos or like every once in a while they actually catch criminals. That's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I don't really care if they're running around pulling over Joe citizen. As long as I know how to deal with it on paper, I get myself out of the pinch. I don't care about everybody else. If they don't know how to deal with it, it's not my problem. That's right. I, and I think that's built into the law systems. We have the common law and statutory jurisdictions where that's why we can do that with knowledge or education or understanding of what what's happening. If we went to a full civil code like Carl talked about or people, that's just because the people are so dumb that the the government just can't afford anymore to have anybody out there trying to act free because, you know, it's going to be causing more harm. And so at least we well, have a dual system. I don't know where everybody else lives, but I live in the big city. And when I go down to the courthouse and it's criminal court day, there's a lot of shit bags hanging out in front of that courtroom. There's a lot of criminal court defendants that are criminals and that should be in and out of the court system. Some of them should be behind bars. The statutory system does great things. It does a little bit of, it causes a lot of problems for a lot of people, but it does a lot of good too. And if people don't know how to handle themselves, they might get eaten by the system. Yeah. But that guy, he was being dishonorable. He was being an asshole, and he thinks he can just stomp all over the whole world because he's the man. If he doesn't know how to handle himself, he doesn't know how to be honorable, he's going to get slammed in court. A lot of people like to talk about, like, what they heard Carl say and you can't forget, like, one of the first things Carl said was how he learned how, how to be a man in court was some hints dropped by the court, the judge or something, or, you know, friends that he had met or whatever. And the first thing he said is, you have to act like a man at all times. There is, there is no, well, I'm just going to go into court, be dishonorable my whole life, go into court and be a man and flip it all out. It just doesn't work that way, and, and I'm glad it doesn't work that way. Well, you you kind of hit a good point, too, because uh, that's one thing that's making me kind of pissed off lately is uh, that guy did it, too, but everybody's like, oh, Carl says this, Carl says that, but they don't pay attention to the context that it was used. And he's like, oh, Carl said he filed a claim the night before. <laughs> yeah, how many court hearings went, how many letters, how many notices went back and forth in the private and in the public? He yeah. didn't just show up after arraignment and sue the guy with no warning. No, exactly. But sometimes Carl will say something that applies to a court of record, and then people say, oh, Carl said this, and they try and use it in statutory. It doesn't work. Yeah. Think about the jurisdiction. Think about the context that Carl said that in. 
That's another thing, too. I always hear people say, oh, Carl keeps contradicting himself. No, you just don't know what jurisdiction he's in. Exactly. That's right. Janine, have you taken care of that bill with your neighbor? <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> I, 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 actually, I want to play a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I come up with this this morning after like I spent all Sunday night, I couldn't sleep, you know, and all Monday and then I would just went, look, I just got to pray about it, you know, so I prayed about it and then and then I've just come up with this thing this morning, greeting Stephen, thank you for your offer to pay half the vet bill of $196.45. You are asking I pay $196.45 as my property caused no harm to your dogs. Um, Why are you asking for this amount? Can you shorten that up at all? Like, hey, Stephen, here's the bill. (laughs) Hold on. Did he say that your dog caused his dog damage? No. Well, I don't know why he wrote that. Did he tell you a dollar amount that he was going to pay? In the second letter, in the second letter, he says at the end, um, I have offered to pay you half the vet bill. So that's got nothing to do with his dogs. It's got nothing to do with damage to his dogs. Hang on. He's not asking you to pay anything. No, he's offering only to pay half. Like, there you go again, presuming all this stuff going on, all these wild goose chases. Hang on a minute. He never said your dogs caused damage to his. He never told you to pay half. He, all he did was offer to pay half, and you're presuming a bunch of other stuff. Well, obviously he wants me to pay half, because he only wants to pay half. Did you... You haven't... I don't know if I... Did you read me his second letter? Uh, I did send it to you. Did you send the letter about... uh, like when he sent the letter saying he would meet you halfway or whatever, did you send the letter back? Yes. Yes, which was sent on the 9th. Um, it was a registered letter. It was signed for and received on the 11th by someone at that address at number 16. Um, on the 14th, there was a letter written, which I received on the 16th, saying he had not heard any reply for his offer to meet, to pay half the vet bill. Okay, I'll get it. 
Um, but I don't, yeah, so he's being dishonourable because someone from, well, you know. Like, oh, dear, dear, dear. Okay. Um, you indicated in your previous, let me just make sure this is the one. Oh, you indicated in your previous letter that you would be prepared to settle this dispute out of the courts, and yet you have failed. That's in I. That's in I. I um, italic letters. Failed to reply to my offer in my previous letter. Okay, which that, that's wrong because I did. It actually, I can actually prove that it was a registered letter, and somebody signed for it on the 11th. The dogs residing at this address are microchipped, registered, and permitted to ha- and permitted and permitted, and have been for some years. The incident of the 11th of July, where all our dogs fought on the footpath at 13, Galva- 13 Galvani Street, he's claiming. That means he saw it, right? So anyway, our dogs are usually behind locked gates. Unfortunately, on the day in question, the gate was open for a short time as my son was packing his car to take his children camping. Your dogs have been wandering unleashed at all hours, upsetting other neighbourhood dogs on numerous occasions. You admitted on the day of the incident you were unable to keep your dogs inside your property e.g. dogs digging holes under the fence. All dogs, regardless of breed, protect their area of responsibility. That is children and property. Unfortunately, your little dog sustained an injury which, uh, by which dog, yours or mine, is unknown. In light of the in light of the probability that a dog from this address caused an injury and because both of our dogs were on the street when they should have not been, my offer is still open of paying half the vet bill for the injury to your dog. You need to share responsibility for your dogs on the street again. Waiting in anticipation for your reply, yours sincerely, blah, blah, blah. See attached my letter dated. Now that was three days after he had received my my third letter. Well, he, he may not have received it because the signature, I went down to the post office and the signature, whoever signed for it, is not the same signature that is on the letters. Yeah, it doesn't matter who signed for it. Um, but it was someone from that address because it was a registered letter. But um, his letter was all a bunch of crap. It didn't say anything. Exactly. So why don't you just send him a letter saying, Greeting, Stephen. Your dogs came on my property and caused damage. What leads you to believe you're not responsible for the entire vet bill? I can do that. Like, I don't see why you would waver from your point at all. Okay. Like, right. if, you, if you really wanted, you could make it a little longer. 
and say something like, Greeting, Stephen, several witnesses saw your dogs come on my property and cause damage. Oh, I could do that. Not only that, your your dogs caused three separate three separate attacks on the day in question. I have no idea what you're talking about. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's all gibberish. Got no. nothing to do with the vet bill. It's got nothing to do with his dogs coming on your property and causing damage. I don't know what all this nonsense is. You're talking about meeting halfway, dogs damage to his property. Blah. I don't know what all this stuff is you're coming up with. Like, you're going to have to stay focused and stay on point. Okay, Stephen, your dogs came onto my driveway and caused... ...caused harm. Like, if, if you're really worried about rebutting his letter, you could put several witnesses saw your dogs come on my property and cause damage to my property. And see all that other crap that he wrote in his letter, big deal. Like when he gets to court, he's going to have no evidence, no witnesses. Oh, he's got, he's got fact, fact of this, fact of that, fact of this. Well, there's, there's no fact in there at all. Well, there, of course there is. It could be a false no. fact. Why are you making oh, all yeah. these? If yeah. that's his belief, that's his belief. If he closed his eyes, fell asleep, went to Never Never Land and saw visions of your dogs roaming the neighborhood at all hours of the night, God bless them. I hope sweet dreams. Who cares what he thinks? Who cares what he believes? He doesn't have any evidence, any witnesses, any of that. And the fact is, his dogs cause damage. It's got nothing to do with your dogs. Could have been roaming 5,000 neighborhoods. They didn't do any. They didn't cause any harm, loss, or injury. So all this stuff he's talking about, it means nothing. I don't care about his gate, high fences. I don't care about ticketed license. I don't care about on the day in question, blah, blah, blah. The point is, his dogs came on your property, caused damage, there's the bill, you haven't paid it. Like, if he thinks that he's not responsible to pay the full bill, let him explain why. Like, what possible reason could he have for not paying the bill? Oh, your dog's That's right. Yeah, I would like to know why he believes. Like, basically, he's saying you parked your car in a parking spot and he smashed your car with a baseball bat, and now he wants you to pay half of the damage because your yes. car was in a parking spot. It's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Him or his him or his property caused harm, loss, or injury, so he's liable as the owner to pay. It's so simple. Me, Tarzan. Oh, you are liable for any damages your property causes, which has come to this amount. No, ask him why ask? he. Ask him what leads him to believe that he's not liable for the whole bill. Okay. What leads you to believe you are not liable for the whole bill? That's a good question. 
like he's gonna he's gonna say what your dogs were off the property. Well, that's not what the witnesses say. You're calling the witness is a liar. Oh, well, not- your dogs dig holes under the fence. How is that relevant? Like yeah, yeah. So I can see like he's like saying well. Your dogs are out of your yard, therefore, you know, you have to pay a hundred, just say two hundred dollars for them being out of your yard. Well, then that means you have to pay two hundred dollars for for your dogs being out of your yard. Yeah. So the, no, the, the, no, no, the no, 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 you're going way off in the middle of nowhere land again. Okay, way, way, okay. Thanks. No, I've got it. Thank you. Keep to the point. Thank you. Like if, like if he says. If he says, "Oh, you should be, you should pay half because my dogs have dog licenses." Okay, so your licensed property caused damage to my property. It, it doesn't matter what he says. Oh, it doesn't matter. Life. That's that's just a question. Greeting, Stephen. What leads you to believe you are not liable for the whole bill? That's it. That's 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 it. Well, right there. And yeah, you could you could say several witnesses just to rebut his letter and make you feel better. You could say several witnesses saw your dogs come on my property and cause damage. You have you are in receipt of the vet bill. What leads you to believe you are not responsible to pay the entire amount? It's still a short letter. It covers a bunch of things. It stays on the same point you've always been on. Okay, so several witnesses saw your dogs come onto my driveway and attack my property. And I see now you're using words like attack. <laughs> yeah. Just cause damage is fine. Like oh, you, okay. you, got, you, you got to stay very on point. Like, there can't be any emotion in this. There can't be any presumption. There can't be any... All this stuff is just you're sidetracking yourself badly. You're chasing okay. anything that comes around, any thought that runs through your head. You're, you you got to just stay focused. Imagine that he lives across the street from you and he parks his van in his driveway and he goes inside, and then his van starts to roll out of his driveway across the street and up into your house and smashes into your living room. Ask him why he wouldn't be liable for that. Even if if your car is parked on the street and his his van rolls out of the driveway and hits your car on the street, it's still his van that did it. Yeah. Yep, no, no, I got it. I got it. Yeah, he can give any excuse like, well, your car looked at my van funny, but that's going to sound real funny in court. Yeah, your car shouldn't have been parked there. What, in a parking <laughs> spot? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I'm a licensed driver, you know. Okay, yeah. you're a licensed driver whose car rolled off and hit my car. So it doesn't matter what he says. He's still the owner. He's still liable. Yeah. If he's a licensed driver, he should have known how to secure his property better anyway. Like, what if you were walking down the street with your daughter and his dog ran out of his yard and bit your daughter's face on the sidewalk? Is Are, are you liable to pay half because your kid was on the sidewalk? 
like nothing he says is going to hold hold any water in court. Exactly. Yep. No. That's all right. Thank you for keeping me on track. So, what leads you to believe you are not liable for the whole bill? Several witnesses saw your dog come onto my driveway. Come onto my property and cause damage. Ask, ask the, um, ask the question at the end. Okay, so I'll just put greeting, Stephen. Several witnesses saw your dogs come onto my property and cause damage and cause harm to my property. What no, leads you to believe no, you're not? No. no. He didn't make your rock. He didn't make your rock or your mailbox bleed. He didn't huh. cause harm. He didn't cause harm to a rock. He caused injury. I would just say damage. Leave it vague. There's the vet bill. He knows what you're talking about. Yeah. Think about okay, how. Okay, I'll just put damage. Think about how stupid he's going to be if he writes back and says, "Oh, what damage." He's got the vet bill. He knows exactly what you're talking about. He knows what he did. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's just a dishonorable man. Okay, let me tighten this up. I'll get back to you. Thank you. Another way of looking at it is his letters. He went on and he rambled about a whole bunch of useless crap. And in court, he's going to get caught lying. Oh, I've got... Yeah, I've got witnesses up and down this street actually actually who, who saw it and another one heard it. So I just found out yesterday. Another one heard it. Next door heard it. But you're gonna submit your that letter go ahead, Mike. You you, you say it. See, he's gonna he's gonna keep writing all these letters and he's gonna make all these stupid statements, all these accusations and all these claims that he can't back up. And then if it comes to court, your witnesses are going to get on. They're going to tell a whole bunch of stuff that all your witnesses' stories are going to be very close, and all of yep. them are going to be, all of them are going to contradict his story. So yep. everybody in the courtroom is going to know that he's a big fat bullshitter. That's and you're not even going to have to come out and say it. Everybody's going to see it. Yeah. So that's. That's what the state does against us. The state makes blanket statements, accusations, and we start giving them all these statements, all these, start defending ourselves, saying all this stupid stuff and hang ourselves. So he's doing a good job. He's a good example. You're saying, hey, Stephen, your dog screwed up. Here's the bill. And he's saying all these ridiculous statements. So let him just continue lying. Let him hang himself with his own tongue. Let him dig his own grave. He can do everything to himself, make his own bed. That's another thing is you're like, hey, Stephen, here's the bill. And he rambles on about ridiculous stuff. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine, Stephen, but here's the bill. And he starts rambling on about all this stupid stuff. He can't back any of it up. Okay, um, just one question. Um, should I... Uh should I put um, what leads you to believe or what makes you believe? Or what or yeah, what leads you to believe is better, isn't it? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't make him believe. It's leading him to believe, okay? So I'm leading. Hang on. I'll just atomize that. I just... Atomize. I'll just atomize that word. 
It's also funny, too, because you're going to have evidence that you sent a letter and that somebody at that house received it, and then you're going to have evidence that he's trying to pretend he didn't get it. So it's going to make him look like a liar unless he says, oh, my wife hid it from me. Exactly. Exactly, because um, I've I've printed all that out exactly where it was and what time it was here, what time it was there, what time he actually signed for it or someone signed for it. But But he's never... It's just something else that he's doing that he's going to have to stumble upon in court or he's going to stumble over in court. It's just extra stuff he's going to have to explain. Oh, I didn't lie. I just made a mistake. Oh, I didn't lie. I just didn't know. Oh, I didn't lie. That's what I thought it was. And it's going to look pretty bad on him when everything out of his mouth is, well, I didn't lie. I just. You still there, Mark? Yeah, I'm just muted out. It's a little noisy here. Oh, okay. So uh, what leads you to believe you are not liable for the whole bill or just the bill or the full amount or the total amount? The total amount? I want you to believe you are not liable for the entire bill or entire whole full amount. See, I've I've got to probably check out those words. Entire. You, well, if no, that's like a, an entire male. It hasn't been. There's. It hasn't been castrated. <laughs> Getting these words right. You you could just ask, you know, make sure you probably say pay too. Otherwise, this guy might, you know, I'm not liable for a bill, but make sure you say what makes you makes you believe you're not liable to pay the full amount of the bill or something. Because on the bill, it probably says amount, maybe or or total. To believe you are not liable. For the total amount of the bill, maybe total amount of the of Or the what, leads you, what leads you to believe you are not fully liable for the bill? Yeah. Fully. Oh, that's okay. Fully liable. Okay. For the bill. Okay. I'll just fix that up. That'll be good. I'll take that down, get it signed by JP, 
get copies of it, send it off. No worries, it's all it's all good, it's all done. Thank you so much, Stephen. I mean, Stephen, no, sorry, Mike. <laughs> Mike, my arm's starting to get words mixed up. <laughs> Anybody have any questions or comments? Yeah, saying that several witnesses saw his dogs come on the moat, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, should I keep that sort of hidden? Uh, you could. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, because yeah. I, you know, because his his son's got mates who could say, look, we were there, we saw it, blah blah blah, you know, um, you know, so that's that's yeah, I just thinking about that. So if I just put um, greeting, Stephen, what leads you to believe you are not liable, you you are not fully uh, fully liable for the bill. That's all I'll send him. Yeah. Because I just don't want to give anything away with this guy. You know, he's not good. You know, um, not he's not a nice man. Nor his family, you know, just... So the less, less, the less I tell him about who saw it or whatever, I think it's better. Yeah, you don't have to tell him. Anything. No, I, 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 I don't. Got, yeah. yeah, if it were me, if, if if I got that letter, that's the first thing I would be asking is, oh, really, who are your witnesses? Okay, well, we won't. Well, if he does ask that, well, then, um, you know, but we'll leave it at, at the moment. Kind of sounds like this guy is going to play the letter writing game, which is fine. Probably no, this, 
Compensation until you make the next move, which would be to file a claim for compensation and getting your money okay. back. No, what, he's already. I've already done three letters. Okay, this will be the fourth. Okay, I'll say what make what what leads you to believe that you are not fully liable for the bill. He can write back. The more times he writes back, the more times he's incriminating himself. I will send one final one. I will, the next one will be my final letter. Okay. okay, you should give him notice of that. Give him notice, like, hey, you know, uh, this is the final notice or final letter. I've been trying to settle this with you, you know. Uh, yeah. But my next move, uh, I don't know, Mike, would you say what your next move is or how would well, you? Well, I would, I would say you could file a claim at any time by now. You've already let him know what's going on. You're waiting for the bill. He's not waiting for him to pay the bill. He's not doing it. I would say you could file a claim at any time or you could write letters back and forth till the cows come home. Um, I would just say... Uh, no, I'll letter. give him the final yeah. notice. Uh, I, I, why, would you? why would you? Well, you're going you're gonna to threaten or extort him? Yeah, I think it could come across that way. So, oh, okay, right. Leave it, leave it like Mike said. Leave it very, leave the situation as it is, very general. You tried, um, but don't tell him your next move. Yeah. Uh, but I have a question to Mike. Could Janine just go ahead and file, let's say, a small claim? She wouldn't need to go full common law court, court of record, this and that, because she's got. Witnesses, a bill, uh, evidence. Uh, she's got records. Yeah, I would say um, I would say this would be a good court for a good case for small claims. Uh, I don't really know a whole lot about small claims, but the way I see it is, I believe it runs according to common law. Mm-hmm. I think it's basically a common law court, but it is uh, uh I'm gonna cover like a, myself there. Uh, um yeah. Mike, I'm gonna cover myself there because the forms they want you to do is 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 what they call a a QCAT form. Okay, and a QCAT form QCAT stands for um Queensland Civil Administrative Tribunal. So that would be under their law. So I've, I'll put a um, verifiable claim behind that. I will fill out their form and I will put for ease of filing purposes only. Well, what, I don't know if you'd have to do all that for for this yeah, for this case, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see the point in that using. I didn't quite get to finish what I was saying anyways, but the way I see small claims is it's basically common law. It's, it's the statutes are are strictly based on the common law. And I think it's it runs pretty much according to common law, except that it's um it's like a, a super fast version of civil court. So I think if you have the witnesses, you have the bill, you have everything else done properly, 
I think even according to the statutes, it would be a slam dunk case. So I would think that this would be treated just like a common law case. Yeah, but and they might mm-hmm. use plaintiff and defendant and complaint, but I'm not sure that's uh, going to affect your position. I, uh, I don't want to. Like, I, I really don't want to take that chance. I really don't want to take that chance because I'd just rather put in verifiable claim. Okay. You know, and then me... then I know then I know it's all in common law. I'm 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 confident in common law. I don't know what their common law is. They could throw statutes in there. Um, it, whatever. But, but the thing is, the thing is, how easily do you think you're going to be able to write up a claim? How easily do you think you're going to be able to write up your rules of court? How easily do you think you're going to be able to summons him to appear? How easily do you think you're going to be able to battle the clerks of the court? Or so the I, judge, I have to or, do that if or, it's so. That, so that's what I judge, have to do if I write up my own claim. Because you're, you're going to have to hold your own court too, whereas like Mike said, or even the QCAT, they they will hold court for you. You're requesting them to hold it for you. But of course, leaning more towards your side because you you would be the one filing the complaint and uh, and having all the evidence, all the standing you need for them to easily make a decision in your favor. Like the thing is, if you if you file a claim under common law, you're putting the big boy pants on and it's all you. Okay. You can't well, be looking I've... at a you can't be looking at a judge going, Well what do I do next? You can't you can't expect that the other side's gonna know when to speak. You can't expect that the the judge is gonna ask you the questions that you need to get out. You can't like there's going to be nobody moving the court. It will be all you. And if you don't know what you're doing and the court sits there in silence, you lose. The judge cannot move your case for you. He's not you. He's not your lawyer. And he's not the judge. He's just the guy witnessing the case. They can't write the rules of court for you. They can't do anything. So if you go according to the small claims rules, all the rules are already written out. All the rules are clear. The judge is well aware of all the rules. And all the forms are there. You just have to fill in the blanks in the forms. You just have to read the rules and follow the steps. And when you go into court, now the judge is going to be going, okay, Janine, what happened? Okay, Stephen, what happened? Okay, well, according to the paperwork, she's saying this. Oh, well, do you have any evidence? Then he's going to be, he'll be able to help along with the proceedings. Oh, I But if, if, if you're saying you're a woman, it's your claim, it's your court, your jurisdiction, he's got to shut up and let you do, he's got to let you run your whole show. All oh, right. Then I'm, 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 I'm misunderstanding it. I thought that if you put in a verifiable claim, it will be seen as the court, but it's just a common law court because it is just a verifiable claim. So therefore, it will be, it will be viewed like a um, through through the common law. 
so that I'm wrong in that. Well, I'm not sure what you mean. It's kind of like this. Uh, what I'm asking is if I put in a verifiable claim, uh, if I just say verifiable claim, you know, um, um, okay, okay, so yeah, yeah, okay. If you, no, it's like I, this, if you, if you yeah, no. want to settle something. No, I understand. No, I'm wrong. Thank you. I just realized. Okay. If you want to settle something like pistols at dawn, that's common law where you, you call someone out, you tell them the rules. We each have a 357. We each have five bullets. We each take 20 paces. This is how we're going to settle this problem that you looked at my wife weird. And then uh, he's going to agree or whatever. He agrees. He shows up. Now, if you take 19 paces and you forget what to do, he's going to take 20, turn around and shoot you in the head. You know, that's kind of what Mike's saying about holding your own court, knowing how to move, how to move it properly, correctly, swiftly, efficiently, and finally. Yeah, no, and I don't know that. I, I just realized that if I, if I put in a verifiable claim, that means I'm the prosecutor and they're the wrongdoers. So as a prosecutor, I have to move and I can't. Yeah, I gotcha. Sorry. I never... It's kind of, I just thought dropped. But it's it's kind of like it's kind of like there's um, like some kind of art studio or something where they do theater, or some kind of acting school or whatever, and you want to do Romeo and Juliet, and you have a whole bunch of people that will act, but you don't have a stage, you don't have all the props, you don't you don't want to write up a brand new script and everything else. You kind of just want to do it the easy way and have fun. So you go to the acting school that has their, that you can rent their little room or whatever. And they actually have a script already written out. They have a bunch of props you can rent and everything's all done for you. You just kind of show up and act. Right. That, yep. That's, that's what, what I it mean. is. Yeah. You're going there yep. to use their building, their props, their rules, their script, their everything. And you're just going to do your play because everything's done for you the easy way. Whereas if you're doing your own claim, that means you're saying, well, I'm writing the script and I'm casting everybody and I'm going to make my own props and it's all me. That you're probably not ready for yet. No, no, I'm not. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. But, but if, if their rules are already set up where you can show up and just say, here's the bill, here's all the letters I sent them, go get them. It's pretty, what, pretty much what small claims would be. I got all my evidence right here, I got all my witnesses, let's do this. Yep. yep. See, that's kind of like, um, it's like if I get a stain on my carpet, I'll hire a carpet cleaning service and if I need to prosecute somebody, I'll hire a prosecuting service. And that's all the Crown is. They're a prosecution service. You want to prosecute somebody, you call up the Crown. The easy way nowadays, just phone up the police. They'll, they'll get a hold of the Crown for you. So technically, you're just using the, the services that the Crown's already set up. You're using their building, their rules, their court, their jurisdiction, their whatever they got going on already. You're just jumping into act. Put the costume on and away you go.
Sounds good to me. Could Janine at this point uh, ask for uh, the court to uh, for the You just cut out. I didn't hear what you said. Sorry. Can you hear me now? Yep. Can she ask for punitive damages the court sees fit? Um, I don't know if she needs to, but I would be well, going... She, she had to take the, the, the dog to the vet and get its medication and... Well, she's got a vet bill. Yeah, she's also been uh, waiting for this bill to be paid, uh, writing letters, all all, uh, all the receipts for the uh, registered mail, and the time at court, the card costs. Yeah, she can add up all the petty shit and fight tooth and nail for all of it, or she can just do it the easy way. Yeah, okay. It, he hit my car with a baseball bat. Here's the bill from the mechanic to pull the dent. Yeah. There's nobody on the planet can say that's unreasonable. You you dented no. her car, you pay for the dent. Like I would I would definitely say if this guy's gonna be a douchebag and actually make her go to court, then she should charge court fees. The cost of file yeah. and everything else. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I would probably charge uh, a, a, an hourly rate and a three-hour minimum for showing up for court. Okay, that's like fair. I gave, I gave you plenty of opportunity to settle in private. All you had to do was pay the frickin' bill. You wouldn't do it. Now it had to go to court. Thanks to you, smart guy, you can pay for court. That was the whole point of me sending letters in private, trying to avoid court. You pushed court, you pay for court. Okay. And and um and what'd you say in a fee? Twenty five well, bucks an hour or something like that. Like you he'll 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 pay the vet bill. He'll he'll pay the filing fee. I don't know if it costs you twenty bucks, hundred bucks, however much it costs you to file your court case. He'll pay for that, and then charge him three hours at however much an hour for the day of court to show up to court and beat him because it was nonsense. Well, I think fifty dollars an hour is quite reasonable. Yep. You know, I won't. I, I don't want to, you know, go over that. But I think fifty dollars an hour is very reasonable for my time. Yeah, because it'd be good to have the judge thinking in the back of his mind. All this woman is asking for is for him mm. to pay the freaking bill, and he won't even pay the bill. Mm. Yeah, now it's gone over and above. <laughs> 
But like I wouldn't I wouldn't say it, but the judge is gonna know that you could have charged them this, you could have charged them that, you could have gone. Oh, I could I could hold company. him liable for all those that the that I tell you what, I've, with all the witness statements that I got and everything like that, the judge is gonna see that if I wanted to, I could hold this guy fully liable for all those false facts that he is putting down in the letter. And I don't wish to do that. It's that's just going. That's going to come out anyway. Yeah. See, um, yeah. when yeah. when the judge, because the judge is going to be sitting there going, okay, who is this woman making this making this accusation? Who is this guy that's not paying the bill? And he's going to be assessing both sides, and he's going to say, holy crap, this lady got her dog attacked. She gave the guy the bill. She's been polite and respectful and honorable. She's not getting sidetracked with nonsense, fighting back and forth about ridiculous crap. This guy is making all these stupid claims that are irrelevant. His statements don't add up with what the witnesses are saying. Okay, she's being honorable. This guy's a douchebag. Mm-hmm. If she was so bad, she could have charged him a ridiculous amount of money. She could have laid it on six. She could have brought up all this other crap, and she's just staying on point, pay the bill. That's all she's asking for is the bill and the court cost. And yeah. she, the other and guy, the, and the time, the time at court. Yeah, but yeah. the other guy's going to look like the serious asshole. The judge is going to see that immediately. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll just like, leave this as my last letter then, and if whatever he replies back to me. Yeah, the judge, the judge is going to be sitting there flipping through the file. Going, really, this guy's talking about how high his fences are? Really, he's talking about his licensed dog? Okay, so your licensed dog's attacked somebody else's dog, okay. And he's already admitted that that his gates were open, his very secure fence, that he's gone to a lot of trouble to secure. Any second letter, he's admitted that they were open. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, just just let him keep rambling on. Like, if... Yeah. If he responds to this letter with something super funny, write him another letter to see who he comes back with. Who knows? Maybe he's gonna maybe he's gonna put his foot in his mouth with every single letter. See how many well, feet he's he got. Well, he is. He is more and more. Yeah. Yeah. See how many feet he's got. Maybe he's gonna get brave. Maybe he's gonna get sick of your letters and start telling you to fuck off. That'll be that beautiful. Could be a, that could be a possibility. Yeah. But you never know what the guy's going to say or do. Maybe he's going to go around and start saying, oh, that fucking bitch Janine, watch what I'm going to do. Maybe he's going to start saying all kinds of stupid shit to all the neighbors. Who knows? Yeah, doesn't matter. Yes, he can. He can say whatever he likes about me. I've got. I'm. I'm in the process now of um, getting letters of of witnesses and uh, the neighbours and everything like that. That just, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, just don't get sidetracked. Don't waste your time arguing with stupid stuff. Don't raise. Don't raise a whole bunch of points that don't really mean anything. Just stay focused. Here's the bill. Yep. Pay it. I'll just get another copy of it and attach it. 
Because, see, this this should be super fun for you right now. Sending, like, sending yeah, I one... I think it's last, actually it is. It's starting to get fun now. Like, just sending one little question and watching yeah. him say a bunch of stupid shit and then send him one more question. It's kind of like, okay, are you done? Okay, and then ask him another question and you just laugh. And just let them go on and on and just laugh and laugh and laugh. And then go, okay, are you done? And then ask them one more question. Let them just keep winding them up. Let them go as long as you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, and I'm learning to, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm learning to keep it on point and I'm learning to ask the correct questions that are relative to that being on point. So but see, I'm, for my learning to... On a, on a side note, you got to learn to look at the funny side of things. But another thing that I, I think is funny is um, with that one letter, remember how everybody was saying, oh, obviously a lawyer helped him write that, right? Mm. So if he had a lawyer helping him write that letter, the lawyer didn't tell him how to kill this matter quickly the lawyer told him how to keep the controversy going. Right? Yeah. The lawyer the lawyer said, oh, argue this, argue that, side tracker with this, side tracker with that, keep the controversy going. The lawyer didn't tell him how to settle the matter. He told him how to keep the controversy going. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. That's how they make their money. Yeah, lawyers just want to argue back and forth all the time. That's how they make their money, drag it out. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's up? Hey, did you see on Skype that the John Mazer, or Miser, the documents that he put into his Dropbox file about a claim that he submitted against a woman acting as judge? Did you look at those at all? No. Okay. I can't remember everything, but uh, the, the, of course his claim was converted to a complaint and then dismissed for lack of jurisdiction over the defendant, which would be the woman acting as 
judge, I guess, in his claim. And then furthermore, under that, there's a memorandum of the dismissal, and it says why, and it says because um, the plaintiff, John, entered a claim which the court can arguably consider a complaint but did not but the plaintiff did not serve summons onto the defendant which i thought was quite interesting and that's the the reason why they dismissed his claim is or his complaint compl- claim was because he didn't do he didn't submit a file a proof of service basically i guess well that's good though because see if too bad he's not on the call i don't really know all the details but did he even serve it? I I don't know. I think the judge did the right thing too. I think it's good to know that bit of information that the judge gave him. Uh, the now the the judge who dismissed the case, his claim is William, and now he wants to file a claim against William for dismissing his case. And uh, William told him exactly why he dismissed it, and I think that was good information. He almost admitted, like, hey, had you served this properly and filed proof of that, I could arguably hear your claim. Well, I think what's funny is, well, I I, I think what I heard you say was he said it's arguably a complaint. Arguably could be considered a complaint. Yeah, could be considered is what they... Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's kind of playing games. I like that judge. He's pretty funny. Yeah. But but the what I think is funny is he just got the heads up. I don't think the judge realized it, and I don't think the wrongdoer realized it. I don't know exactly what John did, but it sounds to me like he wrote up a claim and filed it, and then it got converted and dismissed. The funny thing is that I bet you nobody caught. How the fuck can you dismiss a claim that has not been served yet? Thanks for dismissing. Thank you for dismissing this complaint. I'm going to go ahead and file my, I'm going to go ahead and serve my, my claim now. And then I'm going to file my proof of service and everything. See, that's yep. what I said to John a couple of days ago, was stop being, by ba- stop being bamboozled by their nonsense and just carry on with your, with your mission. Okay, you, filed, you wrote a claim, you filed the claim, who cares what they did, ignore their nonsense, now serve your claim and file your proof of service. Well, I wouldn't call it a proof of service, but... Yeah, affirmation of service or whatever... Uh, yeah. But that's what I think's funny is everybody gets their panties in a wad right away without thinking of what actually happened. They dismiss the they dismiss the a complaint when he filed a claim and he hasn't even served it yet. So nobody yeah. can do anything until you've served it. Yeah, he, he can amend he can amend his claim a bazillion times before he serves it, nobody can dismiss it. It hasn't been served. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
that that's that's the best way to look at that. But everybody has to learn to calm the fuck down, read the letter, and laugh, and then yeah. figure out what's going on logically. Instead of everybody just whipping right out, oh, they can't do this, these crooks, these criminals, these satanic code criminals. Just relax. Yeah. No, that makes 100% sense. Uh, and I don't know how, I don't know all about conversion, you know, how they do that. I mean, it, it can't be that hard. They just cross stuff out, give it a number, and say it to complain, uh, complaint with a plaintiff and this and that. But you're right. How could the court hear that if it wasn't even served on anyone? Yeah. <laughs> you know, who's? There's there's nothing to be heard, actually. Yeah. And so yeah, he he needs to overlook that part about the complaint and just be like, yeah, you're goddamn right. I didn't serve my claim yet. Hold on, let me, let me do it. Because uh, obviously you're open to hearing things now from me. So let me go serve this. Uh, see what the wrongdoer says, and set a court date, and we'll we'll bring it in. Bring it into court. Yeah, it's just funny because they're like, oh, it could it it could arguably be considered a complaint. Okay, yeah, I agree. Arguably, arguably, it could be considered a complaint, except that it's my claim, and I'm not going to argue with you. It's a claim. Yeah, that's, that's all he has to say, right? I mean. He's even got the proof or the the evidence there in that paperwork the court sent him that, yeah, it could arguably be a complaint. All he has to say is, well, I'm not going to argue about it. It's a claim. Boom. (laughs) But see, that's another thing, too. One of his rules of court or one of his notices into the court file could be, I don't know how you would notice, how you would word it, but some kind of notice of propriety. Basically, this is my freaking claim. Keep your hands off it. I own this. I own this claim. This is my claim. I have full jurisdiction over my claim. Piss off. And what's maybe? I don't know, but maybe the plaintiff doesn't have jurisdiction over the defendant. I don't know. The only problem is I made a claim and I'm the prosecutor and I got my sights on the wrongdoer and I'm waiting for him to answer. Actually, not even waiting for Nia. He hasn't served them yet. But see, here's another thought is, what if John was planning on going in tomorrow and switching wrongdoer A for wrongdoer B? Maybe he was going to change it from trespass, blah, 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 to claim of trespass, blah, blah, blah. He can do any kind of amendments he wishes. Until the other side responds, he can do whatever he feels like. Yeah, until he, cause he hasn't even served him yet. So, no. it's like, yeah, he can, like you said, change wrongdoer, sure. Yeah. And then, then serve the correct wrongdoer, you know. When he's ready. Like, 
obviously I wouldn't, but I could say, oh, thank you. That's right. I don't have jurisdiction over the judge. I have jurisdiction over this guy, though. Like all the other side did is just show their show their cards. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I thought that memorandum was cool or that stuff you posted was cool if you read into it. Um, can you talk about that propriety again? You said that would be in a notice or what you'd file into your case or a rule or your court rules. Um, you could probably could probably do either or. You could probably do it in your rules of court and then when somebody slips up, then you could put in a notice. I think you screwed up. Remember my rules of court? Yeah. I haven't and looked at Carl's case in a long time, but I think Carl did all that. Um, I think some magistrate sent him a letter or something, or maybe it was the attorney for the other side, or somebody said uh, they had concerns over propriety of the case or something like that. And I think I think Carl did that. Notice jurisdiction, notice blah, blah, blah. He put all that in there. Mm-hmm. Could you, what is propriety again? Yeah, I know you said it. I was killing a spider. Sorry, I didn't hear you. <laughs> I think it just means owner, what's proper. Okay. Um, and the terms kind of would be like, not terms, but the would be more, would be like, this is my case. Nobody can touch it. Only I can amend it or something like that. Yeah, something along, something like my my claim is my property. Uh, or Carl hasn't really gone into it, but he, he's mentioned uh, healing the case before. I don't really know a whole lot about that, but it can't be that hard. I mean, pretty much anything they do in their world, we can do better. It's a lot easier the way we do it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's no uh, no hard and fast rule for a man, no template. The only real rules do no harm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I noticed that John was, or uh, yeah, John was quickly moving to then file a claim against the judge who just ruled on ruled on that complaint. And uh, I, I think I remember you commenting on Skype. You know, sl- slow down. You know, this is what's happening. You know, calm down. Everyone was real quick to take. Yeah, I don't know what, how to say it. Quick, take the next step. Well, I'm going after this guy. Well, just just wait a minute. Look at what happened and realize what happened, and then make a decision. You know. But, uh, yeah, well, what happens if you send me a bill and I don't pay it, and then you do something else and you send me a bill and I don't pay it? And then you do something else and then send me a bill and I don't pay it. But I'm not going to fucking pay it ever. Stop doing stuff and stop sending me bills. I'm not going to pay. So now this guy files a claim. It gets dismissed. He's not going to deal with it. He's just going to file another claim so it can get dismissed. Let me guess. He's going to file another one after that so it can get dismissed. Gee, I see a, a roller coaster ride to nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
almost along the same same lines as that rich rich a earlier you know just yeah he, just, he hadn't even gone to trial yet and he was thinking about filing a claim <laughs> yeah. on someone yeah, everybody, wants, everybody wants to get paid before they get the job yeah I don't know if that's the thing. Everybody wants to, I don't know. Like you you file a notice and it gets ignored. So you file a different notice that gets ignored. You file a different notice that gets ignored. Nobody stops to think, hmm, this could go on forever. (laughs) Like I, I slap you and you do nothing about it. You just come back again. I slap you. You do nothing about it. You just keep coming back. Guess what? I'm going to keep slapping you. Like, it's not hard to figure out. You see the pattern forming. It's going to carry on like this. You you don't want to firmly, firmly, firmly establish yourself as the big fat loser. You're going to have to stand up and deal with the issue or it's going to continue. Yeah. Just verifying in open court that I'm a big fat loser. That does the same thing again and again and loses. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me if you can't file a claim. Then what's the point in filing another one, not being able to hold that one, and then file another one, not be able to hold that one? file another one like it's just a bunch of you a bunch of wasted filing fees well especially having the resource of skype and and these calls and getting some good information suggestions and then doing it anyway you know that's it just doesn't seem logical i guess i don't know that's why i get sick arguing with people sometimes Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Same with that rich guy. Like he, he obviously doesn't know what he's doing, but he's so sure that he's right. So he's going to do it anyway. Like I told him what he's doing wrong. I told him why it's wrong and he just doesn't care. Okay. Go ahead. He immediately got defensive when you when you came on and you always start nice and polite, you know, stern, but and they got defensive immediately, and that that just that's the first sign right there that he's just not going to get it. Just yep. But see, that's what he doesn't he doesn't think about too is he's a taxpayer paying taxes for that cop to do exactly what that cop did. He brought that on himself. He paid that cop to come and give him a ticket. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know how to get off the merry-go-round. Yeah. So he's just going to scream and yell bloody murder from the merry-go-round. He's going to scream and yell at his public servant to stop it and let him off. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yeah, maybe even more than scream and yell. He wants to charge them money. 
they compensate him for violating his right. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's not, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, but he's, he's the kind of guy that he's just going to get clobbered when he opens his mouth in court. And they're going to get him to open his mouth. He's going to say stupid shit. Yeah, definitely. And the notices that he he read to us a little bit on here uh, didn't sound didn't sound right. It didn't sound like he he knew. Didn't sound like a man wrote them. Let's say saying all sorts of weird stuff. I can't recall exactly, but. Um, it just didn't sound right. It didn't sound simple. It's, it's like I said, I'm not going to come out of the grocery store, find a parking ticket on my car, and file a lawsuit. I'm not going to sue somebody because there's a parking ticket on my car. I'm going to write a letter first. At least write one letter. Like the guy didn't even write one single letter, and he wants to sue the pants off somebody. Yeah. And yeah, I get it. The guy's a cop or whatever, but let's look at it from the other side. He's a man who actually decided I'm going to put my life on the line. I'm going to risk my own health and safety, maybe take a bullet one day to help my fellow man. I'm going to become a cop. And now you're going to treat him like he's a shitbag because he he chose to serve and protect the public. Yeah. Maybe if maybe if that guy knew more how to be a man than to bitch like a pissed off citizen. Yeah, the the the, the cops are doing their job, and if part of their job is re- revenue generating, whatever they want to call it, uh, so be it. However, I don't know how to say this. If you're, if you act honorably, and you act correctly, and you give notice, and you write letters, and you you clear the air, you clear the record, you you make the record, uh, then you have a chance. Then, if they continue to let's say extort you or whatever you want to call it. Then, then who's acting dishonorably or unhonorably? You know, you you have to open up that door and find out who's acting as what. You know. Well, the way I see it is, the cop was doing his job. He probably doesn't know the difference, anyways. But he was just doing his job, and he gave the guy a notice. Like it probably said notice somewhere right at the top of that piece of paper the cop gave him. That's proper written notice he just got from that man acting as cop. And he doesn't feel that he should give any kind of notice, doesn't answer, just gives the cop the silent treatment, wants to sue him now, or wants to sue this prosecutor because a piece of paper came on his desk and he put his mark on it and sent it to the next desk. Like, 
I don't know. He hasn't given anybody proper notice of anything. So how is he? How is he supposed to go into court and say he acted honorably? He didn't act at all. He kept his big mouth shut until he complained. But see, I hope cops are giving motorists tickets for going through stop signs. I hope cops are out there giving motor vehicle operators tickets for running red lights. I don't want a bunch of motor vehicle operators doing all kinds of code infractions or violations or whatever they call it and causing harm to me and my family. Have you have you ever seen some of those videos from like 1920s, like New York or even Canadian cities where, you know, when cars were first invented and there's like horses out in the street, tons of people and like cars just going every which way? Have you seen those yeah. videos? Yeah, that's, that's what it would be like. I mean, maybe nobody got hurt, at you know, in that video. No harm was done, but it's, it's a form of, let's say, chaos or disorder and... The codes, I think, try to uh, outline some order. You've got to have some order. And if you agree to it by getting a license that you are 100% going to follow these codes, then you're going to be 100% liable for any disorder. <laughs> and uh, And we, like you said, we need that because... People generally are probably not orderly, you know. If there isn't that that um, notice of a of a law out there or an, an a system of order, you know, and they would be running red lights and burning out through your grass and all sorts of stuff. And it, it, we don't we don't want that, you know. We'll see if. <clears throat> If I got my property in a bank account down at the bank, I expect that money to be secure and protected. And if that bank is about to get is if that bank is getting robbed, I expect my public servant, the officer, to rush out to the scene and secure my property. So, yes, I want him to get out there as fast as he possibly can and stop this crime in progress or whatever it is they do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't want this public servant, this government agent, to go killing a family of five rushing through a red light. So I'm also going to make my public servant have a bunch of, of rules. He's going to have a code to follow when he's acting as a cop. And he's going to stop at red lights or he's going to have his emergency lights on if he's going to go through a red light. And he's also going to have a really loud siren so everybody can hear him coming because I don't want him plowing through an intersection and killing a man. Mm -hmm. So he's going to have all these codes to follow. And any other motor vehicle operator, any other driver, any other registered agent of a corporation is going to follow codes so they don't cause harm to I, a man. I, a man, don't have to follow the silly codes, but I'm going to have to act responsibly. I'm going to have to be honorable. 
or if I do cause harm to my fellow man, I'm going to have to compensate. Fuck, I don't want to compensate. I don't have any money, so I better behave. I better be responsible. Better act honorably when I'm out in public or it's going to cost me. Oh, we lost him. But see, I think that's part of the problem with um, insurance companies, too, is now everybody, n- nobody wants to be liable for their own actions. Something bad could happen. I don't want to be the one to pay. So I'm going to pay a monthly insurance rate or a yearly insurance rate, and it's somebody else's liability. Now I can go fuck up. Yay! and go smash into shit, and it doesn't matter because insurance will cover it. Yeah, you can do all that legally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can go smash into shit. Somebody else is picking up the tab. Yay. Yep. But if, if, let's say, let's say your next-door neighbor didn't have insurance and he smashed into somebody and caused a lot of problems, killed the husband, and injured the mother, and there was two kids in the car. And now your neighbor, because he wasn't insured, he had to pay for the rest of his life for the damage he caused. You'd be going, wow, I hope that never happens to me. So if nobody had insurance, and everybody knew that if they smashed into somebody, they had to pay. People be a lot more careful on the road. With everything they do, definitely. Yeah. yeah. You know. But now, but now that's the benefit. The benefit of acting through the legal person and getting insurance and having somebody else be liable. Like, there's nothing stopping me from, instead of paying a monthly insurance rate, I could put that much money into an escrow account. Mm-hmm. Because I say I start paying into insurance when I'm 16 years old, and I'm paying every year, every year, every year. After 40 years of good driving, what do I get? Zero. Fucking nothing. Nothing. All that money, all those years, just go out the window. Never had an accident, never had a ticket, never did anything wrong on the roads whatsoever. And I never see a penny back. I could be putting that money into a separate account. Mm-hmm. All those years of not smashing into anybody, maybe, maybe I smash into somebody, a little fender bender. You got a huge pile of cash in that bank account that I'm not using. My just in case. Well, this is the rainy day. I can take that money out of the account. I can pay that guy. Yeah, go get your fender and your bumper fixed. Yeah, but Give Mike, that, that that would be responsible. Yeah, like You're if saving, I smash, saving your own money, you know. If if you smashed into my car, and you got out of the car and said, sorry, dude, I fucked up. I wasn't watching. I, I apologize. Uh, don't worry. I got money. I can pay for this. If you want, we can go to a, a gas station or we can go to a garage right now and get an estimate done. Anywhere you want to get it done, go ahead. Get an estimate done and I'll pay for it. I'd be like, 
yeah, no problem. I'll have to call the cops. I don't have to get the insurance. Yeah, no problem. If you're going to pay for it, yeah. And it'd be that easy. Look yeah. at all that money the government's not making now. They're not going to have to hire a whole new bunch of agents. Yeah, that's the part. That's the part that gets a little tricky. Is when you re- one realizes that government is a business, a for-profit business, and the only source of their income is us. Well, they're so, they don't produce anything. They don't make stuff. The government no. does nothing. No, not at all. They don't do anything. But we they still pay them for what? Every time we sign stupid shit. They have paper to start passing from this desk to that desk. Everybody's getting paid now to put their stamp on it, put their little X in this box, send it to the next. It. Yeah. It's all a bunch of crap. Yeah. But it's necessary for an ir- irresponsible society. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I looked into, after hearing Carl and uh, I think you, before talking about, you know, insurance, uh, and I looked into down here in Texas the about insurance, motor vehicle insurance, and the first thing that pops up is corporate insurance, if you're commercial insurance, you know, your Geico, your whatever. And then under that, there's a whole other code section that says, okay, but the state will also, we accept a uh, $50,000 bond, uh, we accept... Uh, let's say I can't. I don't know how to word this. Like a, a claim on your property. If you have a house, you could say that you, you know, if something happens, that you use your property to take care of it. Um, and one other thing is something about if you have more than like 25 cars, you can use your cars as collateral. Uh, something like that. So they, they, in their codes, they're giving other options. But I could even write to that department and offer my own option and just see what they say. You know, that's not, that's not like out of the question just because it's not in their code. Yeah, you could, like, I don't, I don't know exactly who you would write to or whatever, but I'm guessing maybe Secretary of State, possibly the governor, but I think the Secretary of State probably. But you could probably write them a letter. I'm not being picky on the words or anything, but you could pretty much probably just write them a letter saying, uh, I've been putting money aside in a bank account. I got got $15,000 put away in case I get in an accident. Do you believe I require anything more for quote insurance than that? Mhm. And so you're not citing their code, you're not any kind of crap like that, but okay, their code says you can have $15,000 bond. Okay, well let's tell them I got $15,000 in an escrow account or in in a bank account set aside just in case of a quote accident or however you want to word it. But knowing that they have a provision somewhere about a $15,000 bond, just say I got $15,000 cash sitting in an account just in case 
do you believe I'm required by law to have any more insurance than that? Yeah, exactly. Let's see what they say. And you don't have to, I, I, I'm guessing you wouldn't have to show proof of that because it, like Carl says, <laughs> like Carl says, your word is your bond, right? So you might try that card first, um, saying, well, you mean you're calling me a liar? I mean, I'm, I'm financially responsible or whatever you say. Well, um, you, could also, you could also start out with your letter. <coughs> you could start out your letter. If I have $15,000 in an account specially set aside in case of an accident of any kind, um, is there any law that states that is not sufficient for, quote, insurance? Or is there any law that states I require any more any more insurance than that? One key word they used in their in their code, obviously, is uh, in our jurisdiction, in the jurisdiction of the state of Texas or whatever. Yeah, beautiful. Tell you flat yeah. out. Exactly. They're telling you straight up that to what you know on along the lines of your letter, like you just said you could even say something to appease their mind. I have money set away for any accident in your jurisdiction. Yeah, but uh, I wouldn't even say in your jurisdiction. I would say any accident of any kind. Any kind, yeah, exactly. You're like, right. I, don't care, I don't care if, if my lawnmower flies out of my garage and goes through my next-door neighbor's front window. I don't care if my pet ferret gets out and chews the wiring in my neighbor's house. Any kind of accident, I'm covered for it. Doesn't matter yeah. if my car smashes into another car. Doesn't care if my locust eats my neighbor's crops. Whatever happens, I'm covered. Anything, any of my actions or inactions that cause any harm, loss, or injury to another man, anything I happens, I'm covered. I'm prepared to compensate. And you got to remember too, just using $15,000 as a round number, let's say I have $15,000 in the bank and I do $18,000 worth of damage. Okay, here's your $15,000 and I'll make $500 payments every month until the rest is paid off. You think I wouldn't be happy with that? Somebody did eighteen thousand dollars damage, and they put fifteen thousand in my hand and said, oh, "I'll work on the rest, buddy." Yeah, I'd be <laughs> like, "Yeah, man, I was pretty freaking solid." Yeah, man, no problem. I'll take this for now. Exactly. Instead of getting insurance companies involved, where they're dicking and haggling with each other, and well, that damage, that scrape wasn't caused by this accident, and all this crap, and it takes months to get any sort of, let's say. Uh, resolution yeah. to the problem, you know. Yeah. Yeah, your pet rabbit wasn't wearing a seatbelt at the time, so you're not covered and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My mom was an insurance agent, commercial business insurance 
higher up, whatever. And so I kind of try to talk to her about this. And, you know, she's got a position over here, the commercial side and the and the necessity for it. And she brought up one thing, and it was for automobiles or motor vehicles, there was the comprehensive, meaning I, I'm insuring myself for damage an uninsured motorist caused me or something. And I told her, well, yeah, that's exactly kind of along the same lines that, you know, that's what your rainy day fund is for also. So if you hit some, if somebody hits you with no, and they have no money at that time, um, you could still repair your motor vehicle or your house or whatever got damaged and then go ahead and file some sort of a claim or, or something. You know, but she says, well, but that, you know, this, nobody's going to do that. And that's why we have to have all this insurance stuff. And I said, yeah, I know. I agree with you. I'm just saying, if people did do that, then it wouldn't be the big corporate trap of insurance and, you know, spending a thousand bucks a year or whatever for 40 years and then not, for what, you know, not getting anything. Well, it's kind of like, say, say I decide one one sunny Saturday afternoon that I'm going to climb up the ladder with a can of with a can of paint and I'm going to paint my eaves troughs. And then a big gust of wind comes, I almost fall off the ladder, so I drop my bucket of paint so I can hold onto the ladder, and the bucket of paint lands on your front porch. There's paint everywhere. I'm just going to pay you to fix that, or I'm going to pay somebody to come and fix it, or I'm going to fix it myself. I'm not going to call the insurance company. You're not going to phone the police. There's not going to be a big scene. A little bit of spilled paint, no big deal. We'll we'll figure this out, just me and you. So it's the same thing with the car. It's just nobody can trust their fellow man. Oh, sure, you're going to just give me your mailing address and I'm never going to see you again. Nobody's honorable. Nobody trusts each other. It's just a bunch of bullshit now. Yeah. Especially when the first thing people do is they hire a lawyer or call a lawyer. The first thing the lawyer says is don't talk to the other side. Yeah. Yeah, They always say that. Yeah, you'll get get harassed. You'll get you'll get a restraining order put against you. You'll get accused of threatening and harassing. Oh, that's witness. Oh, you can't tell the other side what you're gonna do. And yeah, bullshit. They just don't want you to say, "Hey, man, I'll pay for what I did." Sorry. Yeah, they don't want, don't want you to cut into their business at all. Yeah. Nobody nobody's supposed to know that trick. Say, "Oh, sorry," and pull out your wallet. Yeah, my uh, one of my fr- my my sister's boyfriend. They have two kids together, and they're split up. Anyway, she went she went running to the state to file a parenting plan, and uh, and he didn't know. She she didn't warn him or anything about it. So of course he got this huge he got served this huge packet of crap. You know, this lawyer sent him all these letters. You know, in this packet of crap, and. Uh, saying, do not contact my client, stuff like that. And he was just like, we were talking about it, and I was like, just 
call her. It's my sister, dude. You're dating her for like, you know, 10 years and find out what the hell is going on. And so he called her and she didn't answer. They called her again, didn't answer. And then she sent him a text. I'm not supposed to talk to you like that. (laughs) And then he sent her a text back like, we need to talk about this. What the hell is happening? And finally she, they talked on the phone and she was just like, I want a parenting plan. And so this is what's happening. And he's like, but why didn't you talk to me first or something? It's like, well, because you don't listen to me. And it, then it just went into the relationship issues. And he was like, man, what, whatever. But her first response was, you can't talk to me. You know, you're not allowed to talk to me. Or I'm, I'm not allowed to talk to you. And that was directly from her lawyer's mouth because she put down a $5,000 retainer for this guy. So that was Kids interesting. $5,000 to have some dude file in her petition <laughs> into a court, a family court, no less. Oh, my God, what a waste of money. But in the end, they ended up pressuring him to sign sign their contract, which wasn't even a big change from the private contract they had. They, they did have a private contract on how to take care of the kids and stuff. And uh, But that's just how... Uh, I'll say brainwashed she was, just talking to all the people at work, watching shows on TV. Oh, I got to get a lawyer. You got to get the parenting plan. You got to get all this stuff to protect the kids. Hold on. That was important. What what was wrong with the original plan? She she wanted, they they had, uh, I'll just tell you real quick. It was like two days on, two days off. And they only live like two miles from each other, so it's not like they're traveling hours to swap the kids or nothing. Uh, They both agreed on the schools. They both agreed on doctors. They both agreed on all this, you know, stuff. But she wanted to They agreed on everything except what? Except she wanted to go week on, week off. Did he have a problem with that? He said, well, I don't think it's a good idea because of this. And she's like, well, I want that. And and then he said, well, but then, you know, the kids, he, he, he expressed his feeling about that contract. He never said no. He was just trying to talk about it and work something out with her and uh, guaranteed. The short answer is he should just talk to her in private on paper and just say the old parenting plan was fine, the private agreement we had, it was working, everything was good, except you weren't happy with the time, the time sharing or whatever they call it, and just say, like, even if he has to take a slight loss, get him to offer her something that works for him that he knows she'll agree with, And then when she agrees to that, it's still a private contract and he can rescind everything he did with and the private agreement. Hold on, my dog. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, over here. That's what he wanted to do. He doesn't like courts and all this crap, but she was just so she was so brainwashed into the system that she wouldn't hear any of that. But he didn't do it by letter. You're right. That, 
He just tried to do it by phone. The thing is, he had either he wasn't being very polite with her, or she had somebody yipping a bunch of stupid information in her ear. He probably wasn't the most, uh, let's say, uh, easy guy to talk to. You know how relationships are. It always goes back into the petty crap that they get involved in. And then they both both just lose sight of it. But she was dead set on getting her way because even after she filed and served her petition to him, um, he, he... tried to contact her openly and say we have a private contract Let, let's let's fix this one and she basically said no and then uh he said well uh, her lawyer contacted him and said why are you contacting her this is not a uh what do you call that when the one party tries to contact the other anyway um and said, uh, your your private contract you have now is meaningless. It's meaningless now. This is this is what's happening. This is your choice. What are you going to do? And he said, well, I don't want to do anything. I'm not the one asking for anything, you know. And and then so then my sister wrote some statement that he was uh, he was a bad guy. Uh, throughout his life, he partied all the time. He he lost some of the kids' clothes. He did all these bad things. And so then they filed a emergency temporary order, restraining order thing. And, uh, and that's what scared him because then the lawyer sent him like threatening letters like, this is it, you have seven days, what are you going to do? And he said, fine, let's meet, I'll sign your contract. So he, he definitely didn't do it right, but she was... She was under. The, she was dead. She had the laser on his head, and she wasn't willing to remove it. Yeah, I don't know if uh, if he can talk some sense into her. That's probably his best option. He can still rescind anything he signed right now, right? If he if he wanted to, yeah. would he have? To- yeah, he. Um- Yeah, it would be better if he could come to an agreement with her to go back to their private agreement, just change it so it suits them both instead of having the courts involved. She wants the courts involved. She thinks that's her protection for the kids and all this stuff. Whatever you see on TV, uh, that's her mindset. So, I don't know. It sucks because that just put a huge rift into both families, you know. Uh, but but what does he do? I guess you know he he didn't study, he didn't learn too much about any rights he had on his side of being a man, a father, and just kind of caved into that pressure. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting. Her first comeback was, "I'm I'm not I'm not allowed to talk to you," you know. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> Says who? Who's your boss now? Who's ordering you who you can and can't talk to? You know. Yeah, if, if he had a lawyer, 
then it would be proper for his lawyer to communicate with her lawyer. But yeah, what do you call? Well, yeah, there's something that's called something where you try to communicate with the judge, like one party tries to do that. Ex parte. Ex parte. That that's what the, her lawyer kept saying to him, like, do not uh, try to do something ex parte, something like that. And yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't make sense because. Ex parte, I believe, means without one side or without one part. So if one party is communicating with the other party, no party has been left out. Yeah. Like, to me, ex parte means I have a secret meeting with the judge and I don't tell the the other side. Uh And it's a secret meeting. One of the parties isn't there. So I don't know what that what that lawyer's trying to pull unless he just knows your buddy doesn't know anything. And so I'll throw a Latin term in there, he'll sit his That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what they do, you know. Yeah, he can't uh interfere. If if they're trying to settle in private, that lawyer cannot interfere. The lawyer's working for her. So if she tells him you're fired or if she tells him I'm going to settle with him privately in letters, that lawyer can't say or do anything. Yeah, I agree. But the problem is, let's say with her or even people like her, they pay huge money to be to be sat down and told what to do. <laughs> yeah. You know? If I was paying someone huge money, I'm going to tell them what to do. I think that's the way it works, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but it, see, it's kind of weird, though, because if I pay you money to do something, you're going to do it the way I tell you to do it. But if I don't know how to do it, I kind of got to trust that you know what you're doing. Otherwise, I would have gone to you in the first place. Yeah. Like, I don't know, that would be kind of annoying, I think, if I was a lawyer and somebody paid me to do something for them and then they kept telling me I'm wrong and telling me how to do it, except they have no clue what they're doing. No, you're you're exactly right about that. You would trust in someone's... Uh, uh, the, the reason why you hired them is to to answer all those questions, to do all that stuff that you don't know how to do. Uh, yeah, and if you're if you're a retired golf pro and I hire you to give me golf lessons, and then I'm telling you, no, you're fucked. This is how you hold a golf club. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well, when you're standing for a chip shot, you got to put your. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'll tell you where I'm going to put my feet. You don't tell me how to golf. Okay, you just paid me to teach you how to golf. Now you're telling me how you're going to... Okay. Sounds like an easy job, right? <laughs> Collect your money and just sit there and listen to your, listen to your... The guy who paid you, listen to him, bitch. Yeah. It kind of sounds like your job, doesn't it?
if anybody donates to you, and then we call up and just bitch at you all the time. Yeah, if you're donating to me so I can tell you that you're absolutely right, tell me that my job is to tell you that you're right. Now, one thing I think that's got to uh, slow down, uh, at least on Skype, is that overreaction that's happening. I did it a while back. You know, people who come across Carl or this show or Skype, you know, you can see them doing it. And uh, Rich A is doing it. And it's like you said, you got to slow down, listen, Try, try to understand what you're listening to. If you don't, ask some questions and and then try to move forward so that you can share some success or share some experience and not just the same old, oh, I went in there and got railroaded. Oh, I filed this and got railroaded. You know, it'd be nice to get some good news, I guess. Yeah, a lot of times I talk to people and they say, oh, yeah, I went to court today and uh, it was terrible. They didn't listen to anything. They ignored me and blah, blah, blah. And then they start telling me about how court went. And I'm like, holy crap, the judge just gave you a way out. And then they start telling me more. And I'm like, holy crap, if the prosecutor had said that, I would have shut him down immediately. Mm-hmm. And then they go on and tell me more of the story, and it's like, holy crap, he just gave you another way out. And sometimes people just have no clue what happened in court. And it's completely their fault that they didn't take any of the opportunities that were handed to them. Yeah. I think people got to slow down and think a little bit instead of just flying off the handle and presuming and just throwing a fit all the time. Sometimes they give you full disclosure. Sometimes they give you the absolute correct answer. And sometimes they tell you exactly what to do and nobody catches it. Yeah. I think that probably happens a lot, you know, at least to someone who is trying to act honorably in their court, not all angry and stuff. Uh, And I've heard Carl talk about it a little bit, but they... They will drop hints because you're trying. You know, you're you're not being the, the belligerent overreaction guy. Yeah, sometimes like like judges will say stuff like, um, "Oh, I I don't see anything. There's nothing in front of me. I don't know what you want me to do." And the judge is telling you right there, like, you're going to have to say something and shut this down right now. But he can't tell you, shut it down right now, say this. So he just says, he hints as much as he can. There's nothing in front of me. I don't see anything. I don't know what you want me to do. 
he's telling you right there, like order this clown to discharge or something. Like yeah. move the court one way or another. This is your chance. Yeah. Speaking of discharge, you, you just said tell tell this clown to discharge. Were you saying tell me the judge what to do, or were you saying to the pros or the the other side, the prosecutor, whoever, the other side, or? Yeah, well, if the judge if the if the judge is kind of hinting that he's waiting for you to tell him what to do, maybe maybe he's acknowledging that you just exposed that the, there is no man or woman on the other side, there is no claim, the plaintiff hasn't appeared, and you're waiting for the prosecutor to move the case, and he's not moving it, and then he's looking at you like, I don't know what you want me to do. He's just probably waiting for you to say, tell this prosecutor to discharge his case against me because it's a bullshit case and he's causing me harm and I'm going to sue everybody. Okay, that 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 brings up something I didn't know. The in a case, let's say that is discharged, that actually comes from the the prosecutor, the plaintiff or whoever. It comes from a party, not actually from a judge. He's just doing what was required or requested of him by a party in a discharge, let's say. Yeah, well, um, in a statutory case, the like just in this case, say it would be the prosecuting attorney would be proposing an order and the judge would grant it or deny it. He would file a motion and say, uh, my mo I'm motioning the court to order that the defendant go to jail for six months. And then the judge will hear the witness or hear all the evidence, read the file, whatever, and he'll grant or deny it based on the facts and evidence. So it would be better for the prosecutor to withdraw his case, dismiss it or discharge it or something because the judge Okay, the prosecutor is bringing the the claim or the complaint into court. So he's the moving party. He's the prosecutor. He's coming into court with his rules of court. His rules of court are the code. He's just acting in the in he, he's a he's a cog in the machine, and his function in that machine is to run cases through the court, whatever. And he's he's bound by strict rules. He can't really do anything except what his job description is. So he's bringing his rules of court, his jurisdiction, his just like a man would filing a claim. And the judge is just the referee. And so it's the prosecutor that's moving the case. It's the same thing if we're filing a claim in a court of record. So the judge is bound by the prosecutor's rules, by the state's rules. Those are the rules of court they're going by. The prosecutor's the one moving that case. Okay, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Makes the other thing you gotta think about too is 
the judge and the prosecutor, they're both bar members or were bar members. Apparently the judges are supposed to give up their bar card to be judges or I don't know who cares. But realistically, we know they're from the same club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, I forgot where I was going with that. Well, so when let's say when the when when a prosecutor when a prosecutor brings a, a case a complaint and yes. it gets to the point where they have not proven their case, that's when the judge might look at you and say, well you know, he won't say what's next or what do you want, but that's that's the time where they might drop little hints like, yeah, um, this, this, this is what I was going to say too, um, because they're, they're both from the same little club. So the judge has a duty and an obligation to protect the prosecutor. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the judge... He is also a man, and he knows that he is also liable as a man if he cause harm to another man. So if I'm in court, and I'm letting the judge know that I'm a man, that I know he's a man, that I know the prosecutor's a man, that I know there's no harm, loss, or injury, I know it's a bullshit plaintiff, I know that there's no man or woman, no claim, no contract, no witness, nothing that this whole case is complete and utter bullshit. Now the judge is going to know that I could sue him if he allows this to continue because I've already put him on notice. Yeah. So he knows he has a duty and obligation to protect this prosecutor, but this prosecutor is so fucking stupid that he can't see a lawsuit coming and he hasn't dropped his case yet. Now, as the judge, he's going to be thinking, I'm not going to get sued because of this prosecutor. So he's going to be one last attempt. He's going to be asking you as what they thought was a defendant, what do you want to do with this case now? Mm -hmm. And then if you were to say to the judge, well, I'm going to start suing people any minute now, uh, as a mandated reporter, I don't know if you're if you wish to allow this to continue, but obviously this is a false complaint. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Like obviously you don't want to be spewing off a whole bunch of threats and extortion and everything. You want to have it all worded properly and noticed beforehand. But if you were brought into a statutory court like that, like you're saying, and you you give notice of your standing um, and your jurisdiction as a man and then the judge realizes that and he knows that the the prosecutors kind of digging himself a hole and then so he'll turn to the man and say how do you want to handle this kind of or whatever is that something you can just speak into that court or would you have to put it in writing almost like an order well, could you order something at that time? You know. Well, I don't know if you can really order something in their court. Um, and I guess technically, if you order them something, you might get a bill for it. I'm not sure how all that works, but um, I would say in a case like that, you could require 
that they discharged the case because at that point, they're either a public servant causing harm to a man or it's a man causing harm to another man. Mm -hmm. And if you've already shown that they have no harm, loss, or injury, no contract, no evidence, no witness, no plaintiff, nothing, that's pretty blatantly harm. Yeah. The judge doesn't want to get sued. Another way they could handle it is the judge could say, okay, well, uh, 15-minute recess, and then go and bitch out the prosecutor. What are you doing? You're going to get me sued. Are you stupid? Like, this is suicide. You better drop this case. So two two things basically theoretically could happen. Let's say they go to recess. When they come back, the judge might give the prosecutor opportunity to say something, and the prosecutor would uh, say he's so sorry and he wants to withdraw this case. Or if the prosecutor is being a dumbass and the judge is like, man, he's an idiot, I'm going to shed liability off me and ask the man what he wants to do, right? And then the man would say, well, thank you, Your Honor. I uh, I require this case to be discharged and off the record and out of my face. I want to let alone. Thank you. Would you have to put that in right in that case? Well, again, I would put just about everything in writing, but I don't know if you're experienced and that works in the moment. I guess you could probably just speak it, but... Yeah, I guess if he's looking to end that that situation real quick, that uh, however you proposed that solution, he just take it. I would think by that point you should already have everything you need to say in your notices and in the record, anyways. Mm-hmm. And if the judge were to look at me and say, "Well, what do you want me to do?" Just say, "You can do whatever you wish," but. You're already aware you've been um, you've been put on notice that, and then just go back to your notices. Like I require the plaintiff to appear. I require a verifiable claim. I require a man or woman to come forward. I require a contract. I require blah blah blah. Like basically, you're being polite, but you're telling the judge. I'm not fucking stupid. I know the bullshit that's going on, and you know it too. Like I said, I told you in all my notices, this is a load of crap. And you're fully aware it's full of crap. He knows it. Like, the game is over. Like, stop this shit now. I'm going to sue. But you're just not saying it. But the judge knows what's going on. If you can file proper... proper notices and you can send proper letters the judge is going to know that you know what you're doing yeah but see when you got a guy like rich going to go into court nothing filed no letters in the private shooting off his big ignorant mouth the judge is going to see right through that crap he's going to see this guy doesn't have a fucking clue what he's doing slam him The judge is going to have no fear of this rich guy coming back and suing him. The judge is going to say, ah, 
I hear the words he's using. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he didn't even send one letter in the private, and he's going to sue. Yeah, as if this is a frivolous and vexed Yeah. The, judge, the judges aren't stupid. No, not at all. I, I think they probably mostly do the right thing, actually. They, like you said about honor in the court, that's huge. And once they're for sure that you are honorable, they're, they're going to hold, hold you to it and hold themselves to it to come to a resolution. Yep. Well, yeah, I don't know. People, uh, people don't know how to stand on their word. They, like Carl's mentioned before, too reasonable. Let's just be reasonable. And then you change your story a little bit. And you change your story a little bit more. You're like, yeah, I doesn't know. If you're asking questions, trying to agree to stuff, though, you're thinking about things a little too long, maybe you're sweating or you start twiddling your thumbs or they can see your body language. They can see the look in your face. They can sense the fear. Yeah. But if you're... if if you go in there, your shoulders back, your head up, you've got a pleasant smile, not a cocky, shit-eating grin, but a pleasant smile, and you're calm, you're confident, you're speaking clearly, using proper words, the prosecutor saying stupid shit and you're not even blinking, the judge is saying all kinds of nonsense and you're staying on point, the prosecutor starts getting angry and you're calm, the judge starts saying shit to you and you, it doesn't even fizz on you. Now the judge and the prosecutor is going to start getting scared. The fuck is wrong with this guy? He's not scared of any of these tricks. This guy sees right through our bullshit. What are we going to do with this guy now? And they start getting bent out of shape because you're calm and confident. You have a firm belief in what you're doing. Now they're screwed. Yeah. How the fuck are we going to convince this guy he's a Martian? He's obviously a man and he knows it. We're not going to bamboozle this guy. We can't, we can't tell him he's a mailbox. He's not going to fall for this. What do we do with this guy? We're going to have to let him go. But all they have to do is use the magic words, contempt. Ooh, people shit their pants. I better do what I'm told now. He's threatening me with the C word. Can you pull I might have to sit into contempt a little bit. Why why am I afraid of it and what what power does it actually have and what is the usual cause of that of contempt of using the C word? Well contempt usually means that you're just being an asshole. (laughs) Pretty much. Sounds about right, yeah. Um if you're yelling and screaming and swearing in court, that's not how you're supposed to act. I don't know any court on the planet that thinks that's how you're supposed to behave in court. It's bad for court. It's bad for church. It's bad at the mall. So that's contempt. You're interfering with the court. They got a business to run and you're, for no reason, just being a dickhead. It's like going to a business and screaming at the at the secretary in the front lobby. It's just a stupid thing to do. Um, 
contempt can also be if you've been given a court order and you disobeyed the court order and you don't really even have a reason why. Maybe if your car exploded when you were halfway to the meeting, okay, that's why you missed the meeting. But if you just have no reason, you willfully, I think is what they willfully failed to comply, that could be contempt. Um, if a judge starts getting upset with you at, in court and you're being disruptive and you're being contemptuous, then you can just apologize. If you offended the court, it was not your intent, please forgive me. And then just move on, maybe rephrase the question, maybe ask a different question and go back to that question later. I would immediately apologize, let them know I didn't intend to offend anyone. Is asking questions repeatedly, like, uh, you know, where, where's the where's the man with the verifiable claim? Um, that could be deemed <laughs> as contempt, right, by the judge? Or would he just throw that out there to, to see where you stand? Because if you shut up immediately and sit down, he's going to know you're pushover right yeah 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 it could be a test too um it it all comes back to how you're acting too like if you're if you're being polite and respectful you're using a good tone and you're being friendly and cheerful whatever that's one thing but like if you're just sitting there like a bratty little kid and going, why, 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 why? You're gonna get your ass smacked, you're gonna get sent to your room, right? Yeah. Even though that's a good question, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's just, it's how, I don't know. If you're like sitting there, you're huffing and puffing and rolling your eyes and throwing a little temper tantrum in court, nobody's interested in that shit. Um, but there's a million ways you could, m million different variations on ways to ask if the plaintiff will appear. Like you could ask, uh, is the plaintiff here? Is the man or woman who says I do wrong here today? Is there a verifiable claim filed before this court? Um, and are you act, oh, 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 uh, am I actually asking the judge those questions? Because he 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 doesn't have any obligation to answer them, does he? Or or He's does the interpreter? You're, I don't know why they seem to get kind of pissy sometimes if you're talking directly to the prosecutor. So your questions are are through the judge, but you're asking the prosecutor. Okay, like, so he's like the controversy handler because the controversy yeah. would be where's the plaintiff and he would yeah, kind of move that along over to the correct like, party. Yeah, realistically, the judge shouldn't be asking any questions except to clarify a point that's been brought up already. So... Um, 
So if, if 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 I'm just standing there and the judge keeps asking me all these questions, he's pretty much practicing law from the bench. He's doing the prosecutor's job for him. If if I ask the judge a question or if I make a statement to the judge, the judge can ask me a question to to clarify what I mean, but he can't just go making up questions. Like he can't he can't he can't nudge me on the shoulder and say, Hey, why don't you ask the prosecutor this? Yeah. He can't just go in and ask, Well, Mr. Prosecutor, do you uh have the chain of custody? The, the judge can't help me and ask the prosecutor questions. But if I were to say, oh, well, did you get the notice in September? The judge could ask, well, what notice are you referring to? Because I brought up the notice and he has to be clear on what the facts are. Mm, okay. But he can't, be, he can't be asking prosecutor type questions. He's not allowed to do that. But you could ask, uh, does the does the plaintiff have the uh, certificate of authority or something? You you could ask judge that, and then he would relay that over to the plaintiff or whatever the other party. Yeah, but he could not answer that directly unless it was in the file, right? Or if it was in front of him, then he might say something like, "Well, I have it here." Maybe. Yeah, yeah, if it's something like that, but um, it would already have to be something that's in the file or a point that's already been raised. Yeah, and therefore I should have it too, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the old hear nothing, hear nothing, see nothing, whatever, speak nothing. Yeah. Like the judge is supposed to just shut up and listen. But if you're the man and the prosecutor is a fiction, then the judge is the only the only interpreter the only translator between the two d and the three d but they're pretty much just running a statutory court all the time in there anyways, unless you have your own claim filed good yeah. luck having them operate in any kind of common law fashion. What at what point do is a party considered ready? You know, both parties have to be ready before you play the game. And so, you know, Levi out in California with his traffic case, he he seems that he put some notices in. I don't I think he wrote some letters beforehand and basically got railroaded at arraignment. Um but could could one say at, in Levi like a traffic case, arraignment, the judge will read out the charges and you're just like, oh, well, hold on. I'm not ready. I have a couple questions for the plaintiff. Is the plaintiff here? Could you say something like that at that time, do you think? Or would the judge be like, man, you should have handled this long before? Yeah, you shouldn't be going to an arraignment with no paperwork. You, you should have your notices filed already before you go into court. Yeah, like let's say you did, and so I, actually, if you did have your notices filed, a man would never be asking a fiction a question anyway, right? You wouldn't. 
but you might ask the judge, is the plaintiff here? Well, I would I would probably be filing a notice into court saying uh, something like I I require more time to continue to settle in private. If the judge says, what are you talking about? Just say, well, it's kind of private, but uh, I'm still waiting for Bob over here to send me my letter back. Sent him a letter with a couple of questions. I'm just waiting for an answer. We're settling this in the private. If you don't resolve it, I need the court's help. I'll let you know, but I'm settling that in private for now. I think if you got a good reason, you can stall court forever, civil court anyway. Well, I guess actually criminal court and traffic court, everything's civil, but. What is your opinion about that? They say all all matters, actions are civil, but yet there's a such there's such a thing called a criminal action. Well, how does that work? It's still under civil. Under civil doesn't doesn't the criminal code still move under the rules of civil procedure? Uh, I'd have to check on that, but I thought there was the criminal oh yeah, criminal rules of civil procedure. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. But there are different rules, though. For example, in like a civil case, and my definition of my knowing of civil is not very good. It's in a civil case where no crime has been committed, there's no arraignment. It's just a summons. Parents. Well, see what do you, what do you what do you mean by crime? Well, whatever their code is saying that you did as a crime, whatever they're classifying or uh, defining as crime, charging you as a crime or whatever. Well, see, that's what I don't get though, because. <laughs> If according to their code, it's a crime to have my grass more than three and a half inches, I guess at four inches, that would be a crime. Yeah, and so let's say they charge you with a crime. I think the rules would be different than if your grass was exactly three inches, which would still be under a civil procedure, not a criminal. But I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll try to look more into that, even though... Doesn't matter for a man. Hey, Mike. Hey. You're still so far. You're not coming in very clear. 
wizard. Hello? Hey. I'm here. I just hear a lot of beeping and stuff. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Oh, that was probably my face getting that thing. Oh, Vital. Jeez. Fingers. Yeah. Not surprised. Not really now, huh? <laughs> so was it a fiber call? The fiber call? I've been hearing there's the two of you mouthing off for over an hour. With some good stuff. With a lot of good stuff. Up at the mic. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm just muted out. Oh, I see. As soon as somebody else comes on, he kind of goes blacking, huh? Yeah, I think I've been talking nonstop. Somebody else's turn. <laughs> so I'm on, I'm off to see the wizard. If we'll get some wisdom. I'm staring down the road, so I can't be on too long. But if nobody else is going to talk, I'll just start talking on my own. So I heard you guys say that Richard was on. Rich? Got court tomorrow, I think, right? Yeah, I think he said he's got court tomorrow. Yeah, he wants to sue everybody. He doesn't want to settle in private. He just wants to sue, sue, sue. He doesn't even know who he's going after or why. Yeah, he had a couple of notices, but they were kind of long. He's, uh, He's very knowledgeable. But he's all over the place. He knows a lot of different stuff. So he needs to unlearn some of that. So you guys were able to help him or no? He d- he didn't want help. He didn't. Then why did he call in? I don't know. That's why my that's what Mike asked him. I don't know. I've been telling him for close to a month. Hey, you know, now's the time to do some work. Don't leave it for last minute. What do you mean, do do some work? 
uh, send some letters out, prepare some notices, file some notices, I'll do what needs to be done. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a seatbelt ticket. It's not that great of a deal, but he wants to use it to learn something. But you know, the problem is, you know, uh, he's he, he's into a lot of different things. And he just started learning this stuff recently. What did he study before? What did he learn before? Oh, uh, he's uh, you know. He's, like a lot of us were, you know, learning this, learning that, you know, yeah. uh, different different people, different methods. UCC, you know, Western Shroud, uh, uh, Mark Stevens, you know, Rod Class. Yeah. Been there, right? Can you, can you guys hear me? Uh, you're kind of breaking up a little bit, cutting in now. Yeah, I'm, I'm steering down the road, so that's part of the problem. Oh, boy. Is that you right got a now? license for that? Huh? You got a license for that? No, we only need a license, a license to steer in the void thing. That was a legal question. you need question. a license for us to drive through them. Why are you answering legal questions? That was a legal question. Legal? Yeah. I don't know anything about legal. Well, you answered. <laughs> Was this a test? <laughs> it's all a test. Everything. You can even control your dog. You can come out here and try to control me. <laughs> Did you hear my dog barking? <laughs> I heard him disrupting the whole call. Oh, boy. He's trying <laughs> to protect me, man. There's... Some skunks coming on the property, I think. Oh, yeah. I had one around a few nights ago. My wife lost him. <laughs> you used your wife and a skunk in the same sentence? Yeah. <laughs> What's new? A couple nights ago, was a whole bunch of apples. Huh? What's new? What's going on? I had uh, court today. Uh, it's fine. Mm. I had uh, court today on um, my ongoing for a lot of years for, uh, foreclosure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got the old judge that was on my, my the same case was brought before. And it was um, uh, joint dismissed against my wishes. So we wanted, we went in front of that judge today, the old judge, and he remembered the whole case and everything. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that, uh, you know, this case had an, had an infirmary. That's why it was dismissed. Has that infirmary been remedied? And uh, we're like, no, you know, it never produced discovery. You know, we're still waiting. And I filed a motion to dismiss for um, failure to prove standing. They didn't prove it in the last case. Are they able to prove it now? If not, then dismiss the case. But it was a different judge, and he didn't dismiss it. 
So now, you know, I mean, in the beginning, it sounded real good what he was saying. And then, uh, and he comes to our side, and well, so what are we, what are we here for today? Oh, trying to get a bond and uh, get me to make payments pending the appeal. You know, use occupancy permits, uh, use your occupancy payments. And I said, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not going to pay anything until somebody proves standing. And, uh, so it ended up that uh, he told us to go negotiate whatever. They wanted $2,100 and, you know, the attorney's saying that I have to offer something. So I ended up offering 1200 They're playing hardball in front of the judge's hand. And the judge says, well, if he's saying all he can pay is that, that's all I can order him to pay. Otherwise, it violates his right to an appeal. Because it's pending an appeal. Mm-hmm. So they said, oh, can we have another call? So they went and made a phone call, whatever. They came back and said, uh, yeah, we'll accept it. So that was all right. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but hopefully I prevail, prevail at the appeal. And if not, I'm going to be filing something else. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, is this something this uh, foreclosure against, uh, let's say you, your primary residence, or yeah, and what do you live in a judicial state, or who 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 did who initiated this going to court stuff? Who initiated it? They did. Yeah. Oh. They're trying to get possession. They're trying to evict me. Yeah. How did you stop that, real quick? How do you what? How did you stop that, the, the eviction? Well, uh, mainly with discovery. They never provided discovery. That's what the old case was about. And then they were stuck, so they just dismissed it. And uh, I said the only way I dismissed it is if Tyler uh, gets put back in my name. And uh, you pay the you know they pay the attorney's fees and I want a hundred thousand dollars, and the attorney my attorney wouldn't do it. Um, and then I sent them you know I sent them an email saying that uh, you know I wasn't going to agree to that I wasn't going to do any joint dismissal. So he went ahead and did it anyway, and that actually came up in court today because summary process trial when they came the second time now I, I said that because the attorney wasn't working for me yet. So, uh, you know, he kind of ended up, ended up taking the fall somewhat. Is this a big bank or a local bank or what? Um, the bank is, is really not, you know, it was never clear who the bank was. That's the whole discovery thing. But it... Uh, it may have been countrywide, and then Bank of America took them over. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bank of America, as a servicer, is the one that uh, foreclosed. And then they assigned the bid to uh, Finnie Mae. So it's a whole convoluted bunch of crap, you know? Yeah. So who's coming in at the other side then now? Would it be Fannie? 
Dallas Penny by assignment, yeah. Really? So this has been going on since uh, 2011. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's an update on that. We'll see what happens. So in uh, November, early November, I got another court date. Yeah, I don't know much about foreclosure, but my sister, uh, Bank of America, she she had a mortgage with Bank of America, and then and she stopped paying, total dishonor. But uh, we, this was a few years ago, five years ago. I sent out some, you know, proof of claim letters, all that stuff, and um, they. They, the bank moved forward with, you know, notice of default and uh, notice of sale. And I sent out a couple more proof of claims. And then before the sale, the scheduled sale in a non-judicial state, a guy showed up at the door and was like, "You want? Here's three thousand. I'll trade you." Cash for keys, basically. You want? Here's three thousand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, my sister took it. Um, she already had plans to move and stuff anyway, but uh, she took yeah, it. Yeah, once you take once you take that money, your battle becomes much harder. Yeah. And uh, because there's a release that goes along with it. Yeah, she took and the they money. Got a lot of, they got a lot of people with that. You know, like 5,000 if you move within 30 days, 2,500 if you move uh, within 60 days. You have to leave the place, you know, room swept, take all your junk with you, clean out the whole place, you know, whatever. So it's worth it to them to do that because they don't have to spend money going to court and they don't have to have somebody move your stuff or even just pay to clean it up. Yeah, you, you, exactly. Uh, what I told her was because she accepted the money at the door no, you know, no paperwork accepts like a agreement. But had she said, "Okay, send me this offer in writing," and uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm leaning towards doing it, then she could have bought some more time, come back with a higher offer, whatever, twenty five thousand, you know, and kind of kept that letter writing thing going because they were the first one to offer. So they can't just you know pull their offer and say, "Okay, we're going to sell." Uh, yeah. That would be dis- dishonorable, but anyway, she she accepted and she's happy and gone, and they got their yeah, house. A lot of people, you'd be surprised how many people do that. I had a lady that I was trying to help, and they were doing the, the foreclosure auction uh, like two days later, and she's got a moving company coming to move all her stuff first. And I'm telling her, you don't have to do that, you know. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, you know, they, oh, no, but I don't want to lose my stuff. Listen, they got to take you to court. They got to serve your notice. You know, you got to go through a whole thing for eviction and all that. They can just come and take your stuff. A whole process. Yeah. So then eventually ended up, you know, uh, talking to her about, you know, what we can do, this, that. And she's not going for any of it, right? Because she's, you know, basically indoctrinated. 
So after we were all done, I helped them move her stuff and everything. Uh, after we were done, all done moving her stuff, or, you know, getting something to eat and some place to cook her soup. Uh, we're talking, and I'm trying to convince her or whatever. Then eventually I said, well, at this last, you know, late hour, we could always just go file a bankruptcy and then we stop the, the auction. And her eyes, her eyes went up. And she said, I wanted to do that. I called a few attorneys. They never called me back. And then, uh, so we went and filed the next day. It was uh, October. She's been there almost two years. Mm-hmm. Right? And now they just did the auction recently. But she's still there. And they are they did they already did an auction? They did the auction recently. You know, they they you know, they haven't they actually had a deal with her and I told her, you know, if it was me I wouldn't take it. And then uh I didn't talk to her for for a week or two and then eventually I emailed her and I said, Hey, what's going on? And she said, Oh, my um, my move out date that I agreed to is uh, September 10th. Uh, but I need to delay that because I, I can't move yet. And then I said, all right, yeah, we can send a letter. So I, I, I sent the letter for her, you know, declining the, the offer that they made, whatever. And uh, so she's still there, but I don't know. Kind of resistant. You know, she's not very motivated to fight, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. So anyway, that's not really common law, I don't think. No. <laughs> and we could only hear and we could only hear like twenty five percent of what you were saying. <laughs> uh, my brother is telling me that because he's in the back uh in the back seat. Uh, I can't tell when I'm you know when it's going through or not. Oh yeah, we we can. <laughs> I, I can't tell when I'm talking or not. Never <laughs> <But> mind you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just been you two yapping all night, and then Rich. Yeah, a little bit. I've been just kind of picking Mike's brain and. Uh, trying to get clear on some things, and uh, yeah, Rich had come on earlier, and um, Janine was on. Janine was on. That's right. Was she talking about a dog claim still? How's that going? <laughs> Are we up ninety percent? Yeah, she's figuring it out. She's she's uh. She's making making sense of it in her mind, and uh, I think she's going to move forward here pretty quick. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Getting tired of hearing about it. We want to see some action. <laughs> well, I think she knows what she's supposed to do, but she goes and talks to a bunch of other people and goes in the Skype rooms and gets a whole bunch of different opinions and different ideas and then she gets all confused and then she I gets mean, it's a such a simple thing 
But then she gets a letter from the other side and it says a whole bunch of ridiculous, irrelevant crap in it. And then she starts presuming things and thinking she's got to rebut everything he's saying. And she starts getting funny ideas and she just got to stay focused and not, uh, not fall for any of the crap. There's somebody on the Skype call to stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish, I wish my, any of my stuff was that simple. Yeah, I, it's like a dream case. Everything is just so black and white. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> she has a perfect claim, and uh, there's no risk to her. I mean, she's it's not like she's going to go to jail for anything. It's not like she's going to have to feel for anything. She's just trying to be made whole again by somebody else's uh, negligence. Yeah, do you think she should just go through small claims court? No, the guy already offered the pay. Just, just work it out with the guy. He's offered to pay at least part of it. So if he's giving in that far, you know, you just work at it until you can get him to pay the whole thing. If you don't, then you you fill out the small claims uh, action and send them a copy and say, hey, you know, this is about to be filed, so that you know. I don't know how it works in Australia, but, you know, here, that's that's where I would go. I would go to small claims court. It's a very simple thing. It's like judge, jury, jury, you know? Um, his dogs will lose, affect her dog, and, uh, you know, cause a lot of uh, damage. And somebody's got to pay that. Why should she? She didn't do anything wrong. Well, it wasn't her dogs out on the street. It was in her driveway. <laughs> Well, it doesn't matter where her dog was. His dog attacked her dog. Well, I know, but I'm saying it, it depends if, you know, if she didn't keep her dog secure and they're out loose too, she may have some small liability. But his dogs are the ones that, that, that you know, did the, the, the damage. Well, in the statutory side, I don't know if she has some liability or not, but... If if your car rolls out of your driveway and smashes into my car, you can't say that you don't owe the bill because my car was there, right? Oh, yeah. It was still it was still you or your property. It was still you your actions or inactions. No, I agree with that. I'm saying, you know, it's a pretty simple case. Yeah. You know, common law or even uh, small claims. Small claims is basically common law. Depending on who it's against. Like if it's, if it's uh, you know, man-to-man, it's basically common law. If you're going against some corporation or something like that, then it's different. 
Well, I think um, I think small claims court is still person to person, but I think it's just based because civil law takes forever. There's so many processes and procedure, and it takes forever. So I think what they did is they made small claims court the express version, the fast version yeah, of simplified. Court. Yeah. So it 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 runs like lightning, just like the common law. Okay, two parties, where's the contract? Why didn't you do what you were supposed to do? You lose. Next. Yeah, it's like a summary process, basically. Short way and quick I, version. Yeah, the way I see it, like, say, say I was renting your basement of your house as an apartment and we just had some handwritten contract I was going to pay you $500 a month and uh, I was going to stay there at least three years and I was going to whatever, whatever, a couple of little rules. Then if we were to go to small claims court, we would go based on that handwritten contract, that agreement between us. But if there was no agreement, no lease, no contract, then they could go according to the statutes, according to landlord-tenant laws, because nobody brought the law before the court. And I also believe that you and I could go to small claims court but if you brought a lawyer, I could get a lawyer. Right. Yeah, even if it's not written down, if there's a verbal agreement, that's uh, almost just as good, from, you know, in most cases. Yeah, especially if there was a verbal agreement and you accepted by your actions. Right. You made a few payments, you know, that's, that's uh, yeah. basically sealing the deal. Yeah, because it looks pretty dumb was a, if, you're paying, if you're paying something that doesn't exist. Yeah, there was actually uh, uh, a case that was kind of interesting. They they had in writing a lease, and it said that, you know, the rent was like, I don't know, $1,500 a month, let's say. And uh, the the man started paying only like uh, 1000 right? And the landlord accepted it for like a few months. That changed the contract. And the court held that, uh, you know, because he accepted it as full payment for that month, and he did it, a, uh, you know, a few months, he's basically uh, amending the contract to be, the, for the amount to be that, because he accepted it. That was an interesting, uh, you know, case, an interesting situation, how they did that. And, uh, you, you know, actions are a lot of them words. Yeah, you got to you gotta be careful sometimes when, well, I guess you should always be careful when you're involved with contracts, but pay attention to what's written and sometimes pay attention to what's not written. Yeah, and that's what what's being done. And uh, yeah, it's uh, some interesting stuff they they run into. 
Hi, everyone. Hey. How's everyone tonight? So far, so good. Hey, Mike, I have a question for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, with any sale, say foreclosure, tax sale, any of that. Now, what I'm getting the feedback is they don't have a receipt, nor do they have a copy of the check that bought the property. How can that be? The check that what? A receipt. A receipt for what? The check for what? I didn't hear that. For I, I'm talking to Mike. For what? What they have? What they bought? They purchased. Well, who is they? You mean the bank? The bank or the um, the tax, uh, which would be then a third party who bought the um, um, property tax. Well, who who claims they bought the house? Okay, on well, the property tax, it would be a third party. Uh, it would be a um, investors. Like the investors, like who? Like, uh, is there a name of the corporation? Is it a man or a woman? Oh no, they just go by investors bank or something to that effect. <laughs> no, I just, I just recently, <clears throat> I just recently wrote to the township about the property tax. For I've, I've, I've already wrote to them about um, give me a copy of the check. If you claim that they end up buying the taxes, uh, show me a copy of the of the. Um, tax and also did you and then for shits and giggles I, I end up putting did you also um um oh, what was the word I used um shit what was the word I used I don't think it was shit oh detail stop it I'm trying to think um <laughs> that hurts Uh, oh shoot! Put it through my account. Yeah, put it through my account, or not put it through my account. Um, if if someone paid off, and then you then you put it back into my account. I I forget the word I want to use. Respond, refund it. No, that's not my account. Refund my account. No, that's not the word. But uh, anyhow, and anyhow, that's I'll think of it. That will, it will come to me later. But but anyhow, with the with just with the property tax, I've been after them with the um with the canceled check. Give me a copy of it. And nothing. So then now I'm going after them with the receipt. 
give me the receipt. They have no receipt. Now, I did yeah, you something. Want, you want proof that a transaction happened. Exactly. You know, now, I also, yeah. exactly. I also did something to that with with my home with the sheriff's cell. And they, as soon as I started asking for stuff like that, they stopped talking to me. So what would be my next step? I mean, they claim that someone bought, purchased the properties, but they can't show that someone did. Now you would say yeah, again. There you want to you want proof that the transaction did happen. Exactly. Exactly. You would say that. that oh, was that what you're looking for? Reimbursed? No. Okay. Well, you would say you would. My you would same old they, question. Go ahead, Mike. My same old question still remains is how did they sell your house when they don't own it? Correct. Not that I know who they is, but... I should have have caught you on that one. But why wouldn't the township... I mean, that makes no... that just really puzzles the hell out of me. They do these cells every so often here with the with the chair cell once a month. You you mean to tell me they don't have in their books who purchased what? Copies of checks? Copies of something? Receipts? Well, who who sold your house? The sheriff. No, the sheriff just held the sale. Somebody claimed okay. to own the house and they had to sell it. Well, for you then. Yeah, so they would have to, Mr. Mister, Mr. and Mrs. Wells Fargo has to prove that they own your house and they had some kind of authority to sell it. Correct. I'm getting there right now. Also with the third-party um, debt collector who is acting as a lawyer. But even with my friend's house, Mike, you and, and he's done with property tax, on New Jersey. You mean to tell me that New Jersey has no record of no sale, no tax paid, no receipt, no check? And oh, if they got the money then then did you credit my account? That's what it was. Did you credit my account? Well, I don't you got no record of nothing, Mike. How the hell can that be? Well, I think it's partly because you send them some kind of letter or notice and they ignore it. 
and then you just move on to something else. You write a different letter or a different notice, and then they they ignore it, and then you just leave it and move on to something else. I think they're just used to ignoring everything because they're getting away with it. No, I've been staying on track, with, especially with his house. I've been staying on track with show me the show me the check, and then recently I started doing show me the receipt. They gotta have some kind of record, and I stay. That's all I stay with. Those two things. That's it. Well, you want you want proof that you want proof that a transaction happened and full exactly. compensation was done. Exactly. That's all I ask on his house. That's all I ask. And and the first thing at the beginning, yes, if, okay. If someone bought the property tax, did you credit the account? I only did three things on that house. That was it. And I stayed with it. They think I'm nu- uh, I'm a nut job, but I keep well, saying things that. Yeah, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue. Michael, <laughs> you're my buddy. Um, yeah, that's why he's telling you the truth. <laughs> Michael, no, I'm really hurt. <laughs> Speaking of New Jersey, that's why I'm at. I'm almost in New Jersey. Pardon? Speaking of New Jersey, that's why I am. I'm almost on, I'm almost on New Jersey. Are you? What part? Yeah. I'm uh, going to be going through uh, Washington Bridge pretty soon. Washington Bridge. <laughs> You're going to go through the bridge? That sounds painful. Yeah, right through it. That's because when I go through there, I'm going to be driving. The rest of the time, I'm just steering. <laughs> but anyhow, Mike, how can they do this? How can they sh- not show you a receipt, cancel check, copy of it, anything that they have claimed that they purchased? Because you, you forgot to tell them, you forgot to ask them whose property What do you, uh, I'm sorry, I don't follow. They said we're going to sell your property. Who, whose property? My. You're going to sell my property? How do you figure? Okay, how it's already been sold. Mike, how are you, how are Mike you it's already going? been sold. So that's, why, been sold? That's, why would, that's what I would have started with. Okay, well, it's already been sold. Well, how do you know it's been sold if you're saying that you don't believe they sold it. Well, because exactly because they they have they can't give it they cannot give me a copy of nothing. Then maybe it hasn't been sold. They're just saying it has. I don't know if they have to give you a copy of something. They have to. Wouldn't they have it in their own records? Well, once once there's a default, it would uh, the agreement would go back to the mortgage, which 
says that you or whoever pledged this property as collateral for the debt upon default and that secures right to sell something like that i'm guessing uh, i don't know but but still the township would still have property tax or mortgage the the township would still have a copy but the of thing the is transaction but the thing is at that point it's none of your freaking business because yeah. at that point it's, no no it's public record mike no at that point they've clearly established that it's not your property, it's the bank's property or the city's property or whoever's property. Okay, even, already... even on the property tax, he still owns the house. But somehow they made a decision that they were taking the house and selling it. No, they're, they're somehow... trying to right now. But he still has the house. I thought you oh, just he's said got, he's got possession. Yes. Well, no, and the deed is still in his house. I thought That's you just the house said they, in New Jersey. I thought you just said they sold the house. That's my house. I know. But still, it's public record. Yeah, you you could uh, you could write to or go uh, see the tax collector and ask him for a full accounting for the last two years up till today of uh, that property or that parcel or whatever they call it. What would that show me? That wouldn't show me anything. The what? That wouldn't show me anything, Vital. If you ask for a full accounting of that property for the last two years? I just want the receipt or something that they can show me that someone purchased. Would that be like if I went to Walmart and bought something and then you asked me to see my receipt? Uh, I, I could show it to you if I wanted to, but if not, I'd say get lost. Well, nowadays, when you leave Walmart, they ask you, they stand out there and they, and they want you to show them the receipt. But not not somebody else coming to see your receipt that doesn't yeah. work for Walmart. Yeah, they work for Walmart. So again, it's it's public record. It might well, be that's what I'm record. saying. Ask for a full accounting of what happened with that property the last two years. And then there you'll see the transactions that happen. And then you can say, hey, what was this here? You know, who who's involved in this? And uh, I want to see that the documentation for that transaction. And who would I write this to? What was that? Who would I write this to? Go to the county assessor. The, the, tax the town assessors or the town or the tax collector. Well, I'm wiping my ass with the with the um, tax collector. Sorry for the <laughs> bad French. Tax collector is a roll of toilet paper. 
Oh, I know. How's the toilet paper going to show your receipt? <laughs> I guess they're going to give it on a on toilet paper. Yeah, it'd be a lovely looking receipt. Maybe they'll give you a receipt, all right. <laughs> it just irks me with all the fraud that's going on, and they can't. Of course, they're not going to be able to show you anything. This is all fraud. Well, you could do a FOIA yeah. request if they refuse to, to give you that. Yeah. Well, I, I, when his house, I went to the lawyers, the uh, lawyer that um, is handling the township, and I asked him for the same thing, and I haven't heard anything back from him yet. Hey, what time is the call landing? Soon. Huh? Soon. Yeah, it's five of one. Well, within probably five minutes. I don't know what time Mike started. I was making dinner. Yeah. Who's talking? My wife told me to turn off the light. Oh. I told her okay, but I haven't moved yet. What's Grebe? Grebe been up to? We haven't. We need an update on the uh, on the zaps and all the that side of the spectrum. I've no clue who you're talking about. Grebe, he's on the call. He's muted though. I missed most of the call tonight. You missed a good one. I made Mike. But anyhow, Mike, Mike, thank you for your thoughts. Think about that. There's got to be a way to get a receipt or a copy of the check. Oh. If you buy it, I already told you a few ways to get started. (laughs) I'm talking to Mike, guys. Mike ain't talking to you. If you if you made the final payment, complete payment, they'll give you a receipt. That's for sure. Be tiled. But if I I made the final payment, I'm going to kick your ass. They'd give me the receipt. Hey, I'm not even saying anything. Huh? I'm not even saying anything. You're just throwing in your smart-ass comments all the freaking time. I want to kick your ass. Not me. I didn't say anything. I've been quiet. Did you go over the bridge yet? No, not yet. I actually got to... My wife wants to use the facility, so I got to pull off the road. I get 
delayed even more. I told her to bring a plastic bag. <laughs> How about using your hands? There's a yeah, cup. that's fine. Huh? What's the problem? Michael. Told you never to call me that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that name. So Anne wants oh, to get yelled at. Just give it to her. Um, what? Shan wants to get yelled at, Mike. Just give it to her. I don't get that, but whatever. That's usually what happens is you call up, Vital tries to talk, you tell him to shut up, and then Mike yells at you, and then uh, everyone everything's fine. And then the call ends. Yeah, and the call's <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, we have we have a three love relationship. Yeah, some, a love hate relationship. You love yeah. me and I hate you. V yeah. <laughs> tile. That was just nice. There's nothing here. That was not nice at all. So, Mike, what would you think I would do next? Um. Well, why do they still not believe it? Your property. Okay, let's just focus on the property tax, which the house is still in his name. <laughs> How is it still in his... Uh, didn't you say that the house was sold and now you're asking mine, for... Mine is, Mike. We're talking about two homes. Okay, well, we can't talk about two homes at the same time. It doesn't make That's... sense. Exactly. That's that's why I end up saying let's just talk about his home. How can they not produce a receipt? receipt and I from, even I even got that from Carl when I went to his house. A receipt you asked from, for the receipt. A receipt from who for what? From whoever is is claiming that they end up buying. See, this is what you just said there was no sale. That was a different house. So if there was no sale, how is there a receipt? There was there was there was a okay. They end up buying property tax. So there was a he tax still, sale. He's right, it was a tax sale. He still has his home. That is still in his name. So what is there a lien or a levy or something or I don't. It's just it's just it's just property tax. I I don't get what's going on. Cal, can you? 
can you help me out? Uh, well, now I'm useful. I know. Oh, I'm useful. Don't you love it? Don't you love it? <laughs> like, is somebody coming after him for something, or I don't understand what the problem is so far. He, he didn't pay his property tax, and a third party bought the property tax, and then now they're trying to foreclose. But is he past the the redemption period? Yes. Oh. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.